NBC News national security correspondent Ken Delaney in live in Washington. They're also suggesting that Ukraine has biological and chemical weapons in Ukraine. That's a clear sign he's considering using both of those. Talking about that was based on declassified intelligence, but we're also told the intelligence wasn't very clear about what exactly was going on. And they decided to, dis to disclose it as a way of deterring uh, Russia from doing that and putting the world on notice. We've never seen this level of information warfare before from the U.S. government. Another example was when they announced that Russia had gone to China uh, to ask for help with what with getting some weapons that hasn't come to pass yet. Yes, and it was one U.S. official telling you it doesn't even have to be solid intelligence when we talk about it. Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Sunday, May 1st, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. And you know, they've never seen this level of information warfare by the U.S. government before. So what else could you call that? Right. So if you just I mean, we're very aware the U.S. government's been immensely immersed in information warfare for a long time. So when he says we've never seen him at this level of information warfare, what's he saying? They're lying. Like, let's not be children about it. They're lying. Right. They are misinforming for their strategic agenda. So it's OK because we're doing it for freedom. Right. That's kind of the narrative they're spinning right there. And you've seen that clip before admitting to you since it's been caught that they've been lying about damn near everything around this whole I mean, Ukraine and before, but that they have to come out and say, well, yeah, you know, the cyber attacks and the nuclear and chemical and none of it was really there was some suspicion, you know, intelligence, sort of like the boats in Iran, intelligence, credible threat that turned out to be literally not even close to that. That's all it means. They float things. They claim we think we know something and they push an agenda. They push a narrative. And now they're even telling you, well, it's information warfare. We've never seen it like this before. I concur. But they're lying is the point. They're misinforming you. You are the one being aimed at. And of course, just to jump sort of to the middle of the show really quickly, what he was just discussing right there, you know, the chemical threats and the nuclear and the, the cyber attacks, you know, they don't really panda. Yeah, because they weren't real. And now even Pentagon officials are saying, yeah, there's no real threat of nuclear attack from Russia. We're not really worried about NATO territory, as it says in the subtitle right there. That's, those are, these are Pentagon officials sort of exacerbated by the, the press and the White House going like, Jesus, guys, that's not a problem. And it even says in the article at the bottom that any bluster about possible use of these things is unhelpful and, in fact, dangerous. That's, not, that's my opinion, but he says unhelpful. Of course, the other part of it is the cyber attacks. As even now, semi-corporate and corporate media are telling you, Russian cyber attacks fail to materialize after Biden warns it's coming because it was a information warfare tactic, right? That's what they're telling you. So fine, if you want to just buy that ridiculous idea as if it wasn't really lying, we were doing it for good reasons over here and now we've explained it. Okay, fine. Sure, you want to buy that childish idea. How about next time a story comes out about the effectiveness of the injection or the dangerous of Russia or what's happening over here? And we go, well, what if it's wrong? What if they're lying to you? And they go, oh, you're dangerous conspiracy theorists. Why would you say that? 
Why wouldn't you go, well, wait a minute. They literally just told us that they're lying, but it's for good reasons. So next time it happens, very le- at the very least, if you want to toe that line, be like, well, they could be lying, but for good reasons. Don't yell at us and say conspiracy theory when you damn well know they just admitted they've been lying to you. That is a choice. That is a political choice that's happening everywhere today. Now, today we're going to get into some important information, as always, in regard to both COVID-19 and Ukraine. Actually, a quick point to start in regard to Israel that I think I just really want to make sure people aren't missing how much is changing right now. But we're going to talk about some important, actually, as well as an interesting point around not necessarily Twitter and Elon Musk, but the the way this is all developing as it goes forward with the disinformation board and all just really interesting things that are happening. But we're going to talk about the something that I've already touched on a couple of times, but I really want to fine point this for people that haven't seen this, put it in the title, the idea that CNN has openly admitted that that isn't happening. The mass graves are not there in Mariupol. But guess what didn't happen after CNN Portugal quietly said that in another language on a different site? Nothing. Nobody changed their story. They're still even referencing those mass graves in new content, which is just dishonest. Or at the very least, wildly incompetent if they're not even able to fold in what their other outlets within CNN have already found in their extensive journalist due diligence, right? They're lying to you, I think. It's pretty obvious. That's my opinion. We'll go through that information. We'll go through the ghost of Kiev and the absurdity that that is and the outrageous attack. I'm not even going to go into it today just because it's such a waste of time. I was planning on it, but these people are just ridiculous. I mean, we're going to go into why I'm at the bots is where I was going with that. It's just these bots are out of control and they're radicalizing the minds of people that think that they're on the right side of things. And they're just frothing at the mouth to attack people who point out the facts. Now, of course, that's my opinion, but I'll show you those facts and you could think for yourselves. We're also going to talk about the other main part today, which is that Ukraine is, you know, hunting down sympathizers of Russia for freedom, though, because that's what democracies do. You know, just ignore the Geneva Conventions, because as that lady on Twitter said, what are you supposed to do to get the truth out? (laughs) Of course, commit war crimes, right? That's the obvious answer. When in, when in doubt, commit war crimes for freedom, you know, because that's what it seems to be the logical understanding. But of course, if Russia does something, even with a valid reason that even in hints in that direction, well, we're already carrying out tribunals for war crimes. Now, of course, that's a facetious point in no way meant to suggest that Russia's not capable or have done those things. It's just the dynamic of what we're staring at and how it's obviously dishonest and one-sided. And even if you think Russia is what they have a very clear track record of being, that does not then mean that Ukraine and the extremists that have been built there by the, by the CIA are not, that, that, that they're not the dangerous thing that we clearly see that they are. You can't just make this binary choice in the world today. It's not how things work. In, in fact, in most cases, we can see that these people are pretty broadly dangerous in any governmental powerful situation because we as apathetic species of humanity have allowed that to happen to us. But Cracking down and hunting down, even just to arrest without trial, people that sympathize with Russia is a gross war crime. Not gross as in disgusting, but it also is disgusting, but a very obvious over-the-top war crime. And everybody knows that. And now just because we don't like Russia and Russia bad guy, except this isn't Russia government, this is just people. But we're not going to talk about that in the mainstream and make sure we give you the nuance and dissect the fact that these are just individuals who hold opinions, which they're allowed to hold, but not in Ukraine anymore. Because we'll sure as hell scream about how Russia's casting all sort of laws about not allowed to say certain things on social media. Guess who's doing that, too? But far, far, far more intense Ukraine. But it's for freedom again. So we don't we don't talk about it. We don't care. 
I mean, I could go off on this forever. It's just so painfully hypocritical right now and in a really disgusting way. People that stand up and act like we're fighting for truth and freedom and, and, and dignity and human life are the very people that are absolutely, even if you are doing it in part, which I disagree with, absolutely allowing that the, the worst of the worst of the worst to happen under your control. And it's disgusting whether they see it or not. Now we're going to get into COVID today as well and talk about another interesting part about hepatitis that is just undeniable, guys. It's a yet another undeniable, peer-reviewed, multiple scientific studies saying this is clearly possible. You can have hepatitis-induced, uh, uh, you know, liver-focused hepatitis. Uh, I had the article up. I don't want to miscite the, the exact term, but that this can be induced by injections, COVID injections specifically. I believe it's the spike protein primarily and the pandemic of the injected. Yet again, the data just overflowing, showing you what we've always been telling you. And maybe, just maybe, some of these quasi-independents will just start to poke at it. And maybe, just maybe, people will actually recognize this at the mass, you know, surface level scale. But we'll keep fighting because that's what we do in the trenches where we tend to get the least coverage or, or acknowledgement of what we do. But that's not what we're doing this for, right? We're doing this for you, for me, for my family, for the world. That's the primary objective here for the truth, as always, which, as I've said before, often to our own detriment as a platform, because it's more about making sure we get this out there and achieved and accomplished and aware and the narrative stopped, the agenda stopped, then I'm happy with that. But let's go ahead and start with something I wanted to shout out from Derek Bros that I thought was really I uh, just, I'm excited to point this out that Derek and I have now been working uh, next week and this was the 29th. So into this week marks two years since he's been writing for TLAF. For those of uh, guys don't know, maybe not know that that's the last American vagabond. It's been a joy to work with Ryan, he says, which I appreciate and absolutely feel the same. I'm honored to work with Derek. Now, starting next week, I'll be writing articles on a weekly basis for TLAF. Stoked to get back to regular reporting and investigating. Now, I don't know if that exactly is going to pan out to like one every week. We're not as regimented as that. I'd rather he just get, you know, go into what he's passionate about. But we're aiming for four a month is the point. So you're going to get four new articles from Derek every month now because his work's been really knocking it out of the park. So I'm excited to point that out. More great stuff coming your way. And don't forget, as you know, Whitney is still in in the you know, after, after having a new child and everything else and getting the book and lots of stuff going on, people were just inquiring the other day, whether she's something going on, oh, she's doing well, just getting a step organized, getting her book out of the way and she'll be back. And we'll planning on doing a couple interviews here and there anyway on T-Lab just to keep her in the loop. Taylor has a couple great new interviews coming your way. And of course, Robert is always knocking it out of the park with his outstanding foreign policy coverage. More coming your way guys. And on that note, very quick point here in the beginning I just need everyone to recognize and we rarely at this at the last American Vagabond ask for donations. And that's not even necessarily what I'm doing right now, because it's not the most important thing. And as much as it's absolutely paramount to maintaining what we're doing, I feel very proud of the fact that we built a model here where I don't have to do that, that you guys believe in what we're doing enough to where it's not solicited. You send in support because you believe in what the last American vagabond and the people working within that are actually trying to accomplish. And it just makes me more proud than you could possibly know that. I mean, I, I don't see, I mean, other than maybe Corbett and a few others, like anybody out there that doesn't ask for donations. And I'm not even downing on that. I get that that's a necessary part of it, but I'm just so proud that we built that. And you guys have helped build that. You are that. Now on that note though, recognize, I want to make a point that we are under aggressive attack right now. So too are, is pretty much anybody are pretty much anybody who is in this field doing what we're doing. I was actually just speaking with Burmese and a bunch of other people. I mean, it's, it's everywhere right now. 
And we don't even all hold the same positions and opinions. It's just that anybody out there that's a trying to be objective is the an enemy number one, in my opinion. And that goes far beyond partisan sides right now. So my point is, as you know, the traffic on the website, let's say, we're probably at below half of what we were a few months ago, daily. And I totally expect it because the links are being blocked. You're not only you go on Twitter, it says malware warning and, you know, whatever else. So I'm not concerned about traffic. That's never been my, I don't even know if I can trust the traffic coming from what they're telling me. My point is simply that you guys are what will keep this going. So I would, I, I'm asking everybody out there to, to reach out. Let us know what's on your mind. If you want to reach out and send a donation, a dollar, 10, a hundred thousand, I don't care. Send whatever you want. Or if you want to reach out and say, Hey, we love what you're doing. Don't stop. Take a moment out there guys and reach out. The PO box is in the show notes and the links below all the information's on the website. We also have buy me a coffee and, and whatever else or, or, or uh, crypto donations, whatever you'd like to do. The bottom line though, is just to engage with us, right? Get in, in connected with us on, on, mail or whatever else. So when this stuff inevitably happens, we won't lose that connection with you. But on top of that, because we want to keep this going, any support that you do want to send to The Last American Vagabond goes to exactly what you think it does right now. And it's everything that we're building. So thank you for your guys' support. We wouldn't be here without you. As I've said many times in the past, you are The Last American Vagabond. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. So going back to this discussion, or rather the starting point after Derek's tweet, I want to make a couple of quick points in regard to Foreign policy broadly, I find I found this to be really interesting from a couple different angles. Here is uh, what is the Mi- Miami Herald? Kim Jong Un warns North Korea could preemptively use nuclear weapons, according to the Associated Press, which is uh, we pointed out before the propaganda multiplier. Most of these in- corporate media gets their information directly from a few places: Associated Press, French press agency, Reuters, and they all just trickle it down and add their own things. And half the time, don't even write that it came from those places. It's a, it's a manipulative control, but the bottom line, a different topic is that suddenly Kim Jong-un is just speaking up again, right? It's weird how he was just quiet throughout COVID. How nice of him to take a break while the government was so immersed in their COVID coverage. How kind of him to not give them things to point at. And how, how kind of him to not threaten our democracy while we were distracted elsewhere. Obviously, I'm facetious. The same thing with ISIS. They just quietly go away. Either they're not doing things, which is really telling while they're busy elsewhere, or they're not pointing at it which then inherently means it's not as important as they want you to think it is. So nonetheless, or in addition to that, or however you would go transition, Kim warns of preemptive use. Now, why is that a big deal? Well, first, because they think, oh, he's a, they say, frame, he's a maniac. He's out of his mind. He'll just launch him left and right. And well, if that was the case, why wouldn't there have been missiles hitting places, not testing, which any country does, but missiles launching and hitting and blowing things up every 30 seconds in his whole career? If he's just maniac crazy, why wouldn't he have just been doing that the whole time? Why wouldn't he have been just gassing his own people? Look, Assad's crazy. He does that, right? You see what I mean? It's inconsistent. Either he's a maniac and doesn't, or, or that's not even remotely what's happening. And you realize that nine out of 10 things that come out about North Korea are blatant lies. That Think about that in the Ukraine conversation, guys. I mean, blatant misrepresentations or outright fabrications. Like the idea that every man in Korea was forced to get a haircut like Kim Jong-un. Every single outlet in Western press covered that as fact. It was a fake news story. It was literally fake. And it was covered by a couple of comedians that exposed that it was fake. And nobody ever touched on it. It's embarrassing. The Western media are all about controlling their control over information. Or maintaining, excuse me, their control over information. And the government that uses them. I don't think they even care whether it's true anymore. But this kind of thing is interesting because, first of all, why is it suddenly coming up? 
Second of all, why is it a big deal that he talks about preemptively using them when the United States has a set policy of preemptive use? Why would it be okay? Oh, because he's crazy. You see, subjective nature, because we think he's a bad guy. He bad guy, so he do same thing and bad. It's just stupid. I can't make it sound any more stupid than that. But the bottom line is you can argue that he's dangerous because I argue all these governments are dangerous. I argue none of them should have nuclear weapons. My point is trying to be objective and recognizing that this is a big deal because they don't like that he does the same thing they do because he is not the one they want. It's as simple as that. It's not because he's super dangerous and he's going to kill people. That may be true, but so does the U.S. government on a regular damn basis. Every 30 seconds, every second, people are dying around the world at the hands of something U.S. government has accomplished. So why is it the same? It's not. The point is, it is all subjective and narrative control. So I don't even know if this is even real. My point is that think about how ridiculous it is that in one setting here, it can be the biggest threat to our democracy. And then 30 seconds later, it's not even on the table. Or how Russia can say, I'm repositioning or we are repositioning our nuclear weapons, even though we don't even have a preemptive strike policy. We only have a defense. And, you know, I've explained it in depth before. It's if they're attacked or if they have some kind of a threat that could literally wipe Russia off the map, such as an incoming nuclear threat. Like, this is the idea. And yet they reposition them based off U.S. government moves. And we have a week-long discussion about how nuclear weapons are coming. And guess who said it? Zelensky. He's going to do this. We know it. We have intelligence, except that's not even true. Even the Pentagon comes out and goes, guys, calm down. It's not happening. We have no evidence of that. And the bluster, in fact, is dangerous and unhelpful. Actually, he does say dangerous right there. So it's just interesting, isn't it? We should recognize how their job is to misinform you guys. Now, on to Israel in the same way, the absurd coverage of this, or rather the lack of coverage. Here's one of Robert's articles. He had a couple go up today. Make sure you check out the website. Israel's normalization deals revive Palestinian armed struggle. Now, this has been ongoing. This has been ongoing for months. And the point is that we're at a point right now, and this is actually just a picture of the Alaska Mosque, because this is all part of it. I mean, this is this is building, and it's not just Gaza. It's West Bank. It's the the Bedouin area, the Bedouin uh, Israelis and, and, or excuse me, Palestinians. It's all over in places where they're no longer, essentially where they don't know where it's going to come from, to make it as simple as possible. Before, they would just simply go Gaza, right? Well, now this seems to be coming from lots of different directions. But what's happening that's very interesting to me is the world does not seem to be in the same position. And what we are seeing is that the Palestinians have a lot more political control and are not being just whitewashed as terrorists like they were before. And here's the interesting part about this. And I think this is why the Western media has become so like glaringly silent on this discussion. Because before it was any moment they could, it was like, they're all terrorists and Israel's democracy is under attack. And now it just kind of died off. Well, obviously they're focused elsewhere, which is my point from before. But ask yourself this. If Harvard Law School can bring in a report about an apartheid state of Israel, leaving Israel's defenders speechless, according to Mondois. And here's the actual report from the Harvard, uh, Harvard Law School, Human Rights Harvard Law School right there. As it says, apartheid in the occupied West Bank. Or how about the United Nations? Israel's occupation of Palestinian territory is apartheid. Okay, how about Amnesty International? Guys, these are all from like months ago, or if not this year. February 2nd, 2022, Israel's apartheid against Palestinians, a cruel system of domination and a crime against humanity. Well, that's pretty unequivocal, isn't it? Here's another one. Human Rights Watch. Oh, excuse me. This is from April 2021. So it goes back even further. A threshold crossed. 
Israeli authorities end the crimes of apartheid and and persecution. Here's Bethsalem, a regime of Jewish supremacy from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. This is apartheid. So what am I getting at? Why in the world, why in the world is this acceptable? Why is this not the focus? And yes, I have covered the Belt and Road Initiative. I don't know why people tell you guys to jump in and push that into a different conversation. I do know why, actually, but not for today's conversation. I've covered that a lot, in fact. But right now, it's not related to the point I'm getting at. So please talk about something else. People just make, make me laugh. The point is that, just in case since I happen to point at it, that people come in and do that. They try to derail the conversation. Not that that's that person's point. Or people tell them to come in and go, he never talks about this, or he doesn't ever talk about how Jewish people can be this way, or whatever. And they jump in the chat and go, does he ever say this? Why do you do that? Why don't you just listen to the conversation and ask about the things we're discussing? I think it's because there's an effort to make people look a different direction, or because people try to derail what we're talking about because they claim we're something else because we don't look at it the way they do, or so on, or so on, or so on. Most of it ties back to partisanship. But ask yourself this, guys, if if this if every major human rights organization is literally calling them an apartheid state. What else what else are we talking about here? Why does it matter? Why is it only that the the governments can stand up and go, nope, you're all wrong, except they'll then point at every one of these agencies when they point to anything else. If let's say every one of these groups came up and said Syria was an apartheid state, do you know what they would do? They would use it and they would run with it and they would attack them whether politically, economic, you know, whatever. Okay, I, if, if I took that question out of context, I apologize just for people in the chat. My point is, yes, I have. Look in the, look in the show notes or look in, you know, there's a big search bar on the website, right? That's my point. But some people do this in, in an effort to kind of like jump into something different, different conversation, especially in these kind of topics right here. So my point is, why is, is the dynamic of what's happening between Russia and Ukraine more of a focus in regard to racism, bigotry, whatever else, when you have one of the largest apartheid states that is literally covering up or other governments are covering up for what it is doing to these people? And every single human rights group that is pointing at it is calling them war criminals. If, I mean, to the point to where they're not even, they're unabashedly calling this Jewish supremacy. Now, why I don't know why that was ever, I mean, I do know why, but the fact is that we could point to there is supremacy in any kind of ethnicity anywhere. People have an ideology that just happens. It's extremism. People grow that way to say that it's to point out that it can exist is not racist. It's weirdly enough. And it explains exactly what I'm talking about. It's only racist when you point at this kind of entity. But at the end of the day, we're not talking about the Jewish people as a whole. We're talking about the Israeli government. But you can't have one conversation without the other. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is part of the manipulation. And it's exactly what's happening in Ukraine. Oh, well, he's a Jewish president, so you guys are all racist. Well, wait a minute. That's not even what we're talking about. And also, that's a stupid thing to say because that has no bearing on whether he's capable of working with these extremists. But the bottom line is it's almost like they wanted this to be built. Remember, they all told you Ukraine's the new Israel. Well, we also know that Israel's been arming the Aza Battalion since long before this started. We also know that Kolomoisky, who's the head of the Jewish Congress or was, was the primary armor and funder of the Aza Battalion as well as Zelensky. And he currently lives in, in Israel. His son's name is... He's, he lives in Tel Aviv. His son's name is Israel. The point, bottom line, is there's more connection here than we realize, and this is a way to cover it up. If nobody's pointing out what everyone's saying about Israel, then there is that none of this is honest anywhere. And until they do, until this is recognized as what it really is by the very people who are seemingly in control, then why would we care what they say about anyone else? 
Now, onto the Elon Musk part of this, or rather just the Twitter discussion. Here's Mike Huckabee pointing out exactly what we all see coming. Now, I don't know. I, this has nothing to do with Musk or whether you think he'll do this or not. It just comes from the government perspective that they are actively coming after you in every possible way to block anonymity. That's been an ongoing point. And the point, I also don't think that Musk is going to do anything to stop that. I think that I'll show you next what I really think this is driving toward. And I think we're pretty much already shown to be correct. But Governor Mike Huckabee says, I hope Musk will insist that all Twitter posters use their real names and not be keyboard cowards hiding behind silly little sophomoric screen names as if that's the only thing that's happening. Right. Like, like, by the way, it's you're right. You're right. You know, as a governor, he should damn well know that or he doesn't care, which shows you the reality of all these people that it's your right legally to do that. Be man enough or woman enough, if you even know what that is, which I don't even know what that means, to stand by what you say. If you can't own it, don't say it. Now, look, I, I don't necessarily disagree with how ridiculous a lot of these armchair everythings on Twitter are, but you have a right to do that. Every damn right to go on there without showing who you are. And the same way you have a right to you have a you have the right to go write something without putting your name. It's called a pen name, as it says down here, by the way. And I'm glad this is why I'm using the image instead of the actual tweet. I like the commentary down here. Silence do good was the pen name used by Benjamin Franklin to get his work published with the New England Courant, a newspaper founded and published by his brother, James Franklin. This was after Benjamin Franklin was denied several times when he tried to publish letters under his own name in the Quran. Now, there's plenty of examples like this, guys, historically speaking, of people using pen names to get the truth out. And this is exactly the point. <laughs> it's just it's like these people have no understanding of their own history. I mean, from top to bottom, this country has no sense of itself anymore. We literally have no we cannot stand back and recognize that we are challenging everything we still simultaneously cite as the tenets of this country. It's mind boggling. But these are the kind of people acting like this is what we should do. Like it's in bare, like you're a child for not standing up and you No, I have my own opinions on people that only operate under a pseudonym. But as always, you have every right to do it. And when you see your own government entities who are supposed to represent you and not the power structure standing up and saying these things, it should scare you because it shows you what they really are. This guy's representing his elector electorate. No, he's representing the government above him. That's what he's doing. And he's shouting down at you. That's the picture you should see. Now, as I pointed out, since all the partisan players are yelling about how different Twitter is since Elon took over, I'll point out, and this is not meant to be like a counter to that, because I am seeing things happen, to be quite honest. I'll show you that next. But regardless, and maybe this will change, maybe Musk will step in and do away with all this. But I just want to be clear, in the last so many days, while everyone seems to be acting like the world has changed in Twitter, I'll point out that I have literally never seen more bots on Twitter in my life. And I'm on Twitter every day. I've never seen more. Like It's out of control right now. Today, this platform is overrun by narrative control from all sides. Will it change? We'll have to wait and see. But that's the interesting part about it. What's funny is these kind of tweets, just get, whether it's suppressed or people just don't like it, which is probably both, just get no engagement. Nobody wants to nobody wants to embrace the reality that this isn't going to all go away because of one person. We all want a hero, don't we? Just interesting. But I hope it goes away and I hope this all changes in a good in a positive way. I just don't think that's the direction it's going because of what we see happening. Oh, well, that's this here. Under Musk, Twitter neural link is a natural pairing. 
We know this is where it's going, guys. And I right now, the people that want us to believe he's going to bring free speech back to the world don't want to acknowledge the obvious overlap with the Great Reset and everything else. But before I get to that, one of our one of our uh, you know big T Lab community members in the chat, Doom, is is already apparently got his account back. So I, I can personally verify that there are actually things happening that are unexpected. Like apparently, and I you mean, know, personally, I can't prove it, but he, he's one of our community members and I believe him and he's telling us he got his, his account back just out of nowhere. And I'm going, that's so strange to me. So, I mean, right now, I stand by what I said. I do not believe that they have the ability right now. I mean, they're still going through paperwork and stuff. How in the world that he would be able to make such changes right now? I honestly believe if there are things happening, it's because they're doing it before Elon has abilities to take over, which would say something. Because I'm already seeing weird changes on YouTube, too. Is there more happening and this is sort of a cover for it all? I don't know. But also, maybe they're trying to flood it back with people that they think are bad. Not to suggest that you're bad, Doom. Not, don't think it that way. So, so that they can then point at it and say, look at the cesspool, what it is. I don't even know. Because I don't understand how this makes sense to me right now. Maybe it is that he has more control and I'm wrong. That's, that's one of the possibilities. But my point is, I, not that this should be like the all the pinnacle point here, but T-Lav or, or even you're all dunces. The both Twitter accounts are both still gone. So if we end up seeing, like I saw like Charlie Kirk apparently says he got all of his followers back and the account back, which is just strange, which by the way, is it again, why it's only been suspended. It's not gone. They just suspended. It's forever suspended. So everything's still technically there. But if we see a bunch of partisan people come back on one side of it, I mean, it just seems like another divide and conquer tactic, guys. It just seems like all we did is flip the whole thing, which is what I tell you happens. The teeter-totter. All of a sudden, now it's a right platform, and now they're going to point at that, and they're going to be the victims, and it's going to flip. It's just, it seems to be setting it up for the exact situation they're going to be discussing, Vanilla ISIS, and how they're the victims, and they're being attacked. But I mean, I'm just riffing here, to be quite honest, but I just... If we get if we don't get our accounts back and it seems like all these people get the account back, it just seems very telling to me. Not that I'll read more than what I can into it. It could just be maybe I am the biggest misinformation spreader in the world and, and no part. <laughs> Who knows? I'm just laughing about it because I'm seeing a lot of things happen that are interesting to me. But here's the point. This is where it's all going, regardless of what ultimately happens. This is April 26th. The neural link idea. Musk himself has been open about the big problem we want to fix is the AI mapping part of this. Why we can't get our cars to work, which, by the way, yeah, we all see them crashing every 30 seconds. It's weird that they're still being sold and allowed to drive on the streets, even though we see these happen all the time. Oh, look, it ran right into the back of these people. Weird. Let's keep driving them. Isn't that strange? That's strange to me. I think there's more going on for why they allow these Teslas to keep driving, but that's a different topic. Or I guess kind of not, but... The Neuralink idea is if you have Twitter, as somebody pointed out, uh, where actually, where was that? Oh, you know what? I had an article. Where did I see that? Was it this article? Dang it. I'm just realizing right now that I had an, I had a, a an, oh, but yeah, maybe this is it. Okay, this is the article. I thought I had it highlighted. In any case, here, I'll read the first couple of paragraphs. This is almost two years ago, I argued that Jack Dorsey was the most powerful man in the world after proving to be the only person capable of actually canceling the American president. You see how they frame that, by the way? As if that's we were uh, we were all trying but failing, and he actually did it, like, like a positive thing. It's it's just it's just staggering how obviously one sided these so called journalists are. You can't. I mean, everyone's got their biases, but when you're literally invested with one political side, you're not a journalist anymore. It's just simple as that. And in instigating a near global debate, I should say my opinion, I guess, but that's I think people would agree with that. And instigating a near global debate over free speech that led to a buyout by the world's richest man. 
I'd say it aged pretty well. Twitter is an extraordinarily powerful website because it is a running electronic diary for anyone who chooses to use it. There are different kinds of users, but as, but at the last quarter, about 200 million people use it every day. That's crazy. And it is as close to humanity's stream of consciousness there is. I've seen this made before, and I promise you, Elon Musk saw it too. So right now, you're trying to map the human consciousness. You're trying to map the AI and, and kind of reach the singularity concept that Whitney and I have talked about in the past. But you're failing. And they've all admitted that. They've admitted they just can't get it. They can't figure out why. They can't get it to be exact. So what do you do? Well, where's the only place that is at least the closest possible thing to humanity's stream of consciousness? Twitter. It makes complete sense that the man behind Neuralink, the brain-machine interface, Musk's company exploring the brain-machine interface, would want unfiltered access to this digital consciousness. I just hope, I mean, this is my point. I think anybody honest about this, even the Republicans, conservatives, are they say this. That's concerning to me. And I think the partisan players that are desperate to use this for their own benefit, or because they are invested in some larger agenda, are running roughshod over the whole conversation and just going free speech, free speech, free speech. Musk, Musk is going to change the world. Right. And then we're just missing the real actual, the, the real part of this. I mean, this to me is undeniable that that is what's happening, whether or not he'll bring back free speech. That's concerning to me. What if he, what if he allows Twitter to be the biggest free speech platform ever, but it drives us right into the great reset. I mean, it's an interesting thing to think about. And only, how about this? How about they bring, allow things to come back only to quietly put it right back to where it was. And then you have to fight through another five years of convincing people that we're being censored again. No, you're a fake news lefty because you're not being censored. You see how that goes? It, it's just, we finally are at a point where people can recognize the censorship is not just there. It's rampant. It's ubiquitous. Now, here's another discussion kind of on the same vein. YouTube is axing all individual volunteers from its trusted flagger program. This is, this is from two days ago. Now, first, I'm like, well, that sounds a good thing. Getting rid of these volunteer, you know, people that obviously want to be the, the people in there censoring and because of their own political interests. I mean, that's exactly what this ultimately was. But here's what it says. Moving forward, YouTube's trusted flagger program will, quote, focus exclusively on key partnerships with a variety of NGOs and government agencies. I mean, good God, guys, this is just a real-time, fast transition to just straight-up Orwellian, Ministry of Truth, government control on any flow of information. There's not even people. This is just government agencies. From you, I mean, Remember when they, we used to point out that the government, uh, the Atlantic Council, how they were you know, they're, you know, immersed with these companies, therefore they're not a private company, that they're literally the government. Oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. They're only advising. Come on. We now literally are being told that government agencies are the exact entities now flagging things for misinformation. Not some kind of intermediate, not some kind of think tank, but literal government agencies. What they're telling you is the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, these groups are going to be the ones literally flagging whatever those agencies will be. You fill in the blank. But a government agency will be flagging your information, this video right now, and that will decide whether it gets removed. I mean, Caitlin Johnstone is right. This has gone way over the top, way. There are no longer even pretending this is for your best interest. This is about controlling the narrative, and that is what they're telling you is your best interest. That's what's crazy. They just skipped, they just jammed them together. It is in your best interest to let the government do whatever it wants. Therefore, we're going to do whatever it wants. Shut up about it. That's where we are right now. And as she writes, oh, God, it's going to get so much worse. You guys probably saw this ridiculous video of her doing her weird Disney song about it's just it's crazy. 
but that's ever that's the thing now dancing nurses and it just we live in a controlled social media world as it says the department of homeland security has secretly and most of you've already seen this a lot of this stuff i'm kind of getting into shit today's show of because i had a couple interviews over the last so many days the department of homeland security has secretly set up a disinformation governance board which i love i talked about this with both with uh who was it? Specifically with Garland Nixon. And we just laughed about it. He made a great point. <laughs> it's Ray Finkel. That's funny. Somebody in the comment. I don't know if people even get that reference these days. It goes back to Jim Carrey. But um, it says governance board. Right? So the, the disinformation governance. What are you talking about? Wouldn't it be the disinformation control board? Or disinformation restriction i mean like you're literally saying disinformation governance meaning you're you're governing disinformation doesn't that just tell me i mean this is they're not even going patriot act anymore <laughs> right like so before it was patriot act we want you to think it's about patriotism now they're just going it's the it's the controlling your life board <laughs> right it's the controlling your life act making you the terrorist act it's like they're just coming right out and going we're going to now govern disinformation which means we're going to use it as much as we can, but we're going to control its flow, right? That's why we opened with that clip, guys. We've never seen this level of information war. They're outright telling you that they're using disinformation. We're going to lie to you. The Smith Modernization Act, right? We've legalized it lying to you. So now we're going to govern the flow of that lie. But it's good and we do it bad when they do it. Simple as that. Only informing people, and this is even crazier, by the way, only letting the American people know this was happening until after it had already been established. You know why? Because we never would have been okay with it. They would have had to put resources into another propaganda campaign to convince us to pretend to be okay with it, or rather convince the fringe minority on one side to scream that we all agree that that's the right thing to do because right supremacy or whatever they would yell about. Here we are. The disinformation board, which critics have understandably been calling the Ministry of Truth, right out of Orwell, I mean, we might as well be living in that book right now, purportedly exists to fight disinformation coming out of Russia. Because, of course, it's all about Putin. It's either Putin or Omicron, right? Anything that happens. And I stubbed my toe today, damn Putin or Omicron, whatever's doing it, made me dizzy, so I stubbed my toe. Everything under the sun is because of one of those two things right now, which is a childish reduction of what's going on as well as misleading messages about the U.S.-Mexico border. What? <laughs> Where's that? It's shoehorning that in. You know what that means? It's about whatever they want it to be about anything, anytime, ever. If it's about Russia, but also just the Mexican border, it could be about anything. It'll be about vaccines. It'll be about anything, anywhere that they want to control. That's what they're telling you. They now have a disinformation governance board that will control the flow of disinformation. No government entity has any business, as Caitlin writes, appointing itself the authority to sort information from disinformation on behalf of the public. Because government entities, now hear this, guys, this used to be understood from side to side, government entities are not impartial and omniscient deities who can be entrusted to serve the public as objective arbiters of absolute reality. They are not gods. They're not, you know, the living embodiment of some kind of entity. This, this is the opposite of what we've always maintained. We have been so quickly radicalized in a short period of time to just think that these people are, are God rulers. I'm not even trying to be facetious or, or ridiculous or hyperbolic. They're acting like they have all-encompassing authority. It's a, you know, we're, we're, we're so far past the declaration of emergency now. They're just ruling by fiat, guys. They are ruling by mandate. They're still doing that, by the way. We're immersed in Ukraine. 
They've told us we're not even a pandemic part of this anymore. But then they go, oh, well, wait, that's not what I meant. <laughs> we're still in the pandemic, but it's not the pandemic. That's Fauci from the other day. My point is that if we're not in a pandemic phase of the pandemic, which just doesn't make sense, we're not in an emergency. Yet they're still emergency mandating. Yet they're still man- emergency authorizing and putting out mandates. They are controlling you by using this emergency governance. It's the same thing as disaster capitalism, but it's on you. It says they would, with absolute certainty, wind up drawing distinctions between information, misinformation, and disinformation in whatever way serves their interest. And we all know that, regardless of what's true, exactly as any authoritarian regime would do. Again, to my point from the beginning. So they admitted that they will lie to you, but it's for dis- it's, it's information war. Or how about they just have information they think suggests that could be true? So they say it. Well, the point is they don't know for sure. So they could be wrong even. So when you scream that we're dangerous for saying that that could be wrong, you know that's true because they just told you that. So just stop being politically motivated and recognize that this is about all of us as the American people, as this human species, fighting for objectivity and truth. No government entity has any business appointing itself the authority to sort information from disinformation on behalf of the public. It's your job, guys. Uh, she says, is anyone, honestly, and I asked, I, I actually honestly said this the other day, is, are, do these people even exist? Is anyone out there honestly more afraid of Russian disinformation? And let's just, let's, let's pretend that is the biggest threatening thing they, they claim it is, right? That's a real big thing and it's overtaking everything. Okay, fine. Are you more afraid of that than the U.S. government appointing itself the authority to decide what is and is not disinformation without any other, arb- anybody involved? Think about that, guys. That's your government overlooking your life right now. Now, over there on the other side of the world, yes, they're spreading disinformation about their war if you want to believe that. And I believe they're all doing that. The point is that as an American, doesn't that bother you more? Aren't you more concerned with the government that lied about babies out of incubators or lied about WMDs or lied about Syria or lied about Bolivia or lied about Venezuela or lied about literally everything we can point at? Now deciding what you are being told is the truth? What about the things we just discussed or the things we'll discuss today? What about CNN admitting themselves that there are no mass graves in Mariupol? Oh, you didn't hear about that? That's because they're not telling you that, guys. The bottom line is this stuff is very obvious. And yet here we are with letting them decide it because Russia. I don't believe everybody's being even swayed by this. I believe all they do is they present the idea as if they have the majority and they push it. And we to some degree, are too meek to stand up collectively and say, no, 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 That's, you don't have the authority. You do not have the authority to push that on us because we are the ones that are in control. The collective majority of America stands up and says, that's not true. What is the world going to say? I mean, I, there's not an answer. There's not a, a special answer that will solve everything. But the bottom line is they are acting on our authority, projecting to the world as if the American people agree with what they're doing. We don't. And it's time to be okay with expressing that and having the certainty that you are right in saying so, that it's your job as an American, it's inherently American to stand up and point out when your government has crossed lines, when your government that you have appointed is gone outside the rails. It says this important point has gotten a bit lost in the shuffle due to the utterly hypnotic ridiculousness, which is probably intentional, of the person who has been appointed to run the disinformation governance board. Nina 
Jakowitz or uh, J- Jen, Jen uh, oh, I just looked this up the day. Was it Jenkowitz? That doesn't sound right. Give me, give me the phonic breakdown in the chat. I always do this. I'm so bad with these names. I'm remembering them anyway. I, I swear I look them up. And I just forget the, the breakdown. Jankowitz. That, it has to be Jankowitz. That would make sense. Nina Jankowitz, a carefully groomed swamp creature, Caitlin frames it as, which I agree, who has worked in Kiev as a communications advisor to the Ukrainian government as part of the Fulbright Fellowship. Oh, really? So she comes directly from Ukraine, working directly alongside the extremist Ukraine government and is now dictating what is and is not disinformation around Ukraine. Because that makes sense. Yakowitz. Oh, it's Yankowitz? It's like a different answers from everybody. Jakowitz, Yankowitz. I'm pretty sure Jankowitz or Yankowitz would make sense, but let's go both. But And she's being widely criticized by pundits and social media users for her virulent Russiagating and whatever the hell this is, right? This singing thing. But of course, being part of Russiagate, which has been shown to be an utter absolute fantasy. But here they are, just like WMDs in Iraq. The people that toe the line, like Rachel Maddow, are now even further up the scale because the scale's broken or because the ladder is broken, because the people controlling that escalation are not honest. They are simply doling out benefits to people that toe the line. That's what they do. Because of this person's embarrassing cartoonishness, a lot more commentary lately has been going on discussing the fact that the Department of Homeland Security, Ministry of Truth, is run by a kooky liberal. More, more of that is being discussed than the fact that the Department of Homeland Security is an effing Ministry of Truth. Like, think about how easy that is. The partisan framing makes it about the fact, oh, there's a liberal and we're all going to be censored. That's the conversation instead of the fact that your government has established a literal ministry of truth. Because the point is, just like Caitlin would point out, or I think she does in the next point, here it says, which is really to miss the forest for the trees, in my opinion. Would it really be any better if the disinformation governance board was run by a chill dude who wouldn't mind having a beer with? Or however you want to frame what they might see as the other side of the argument? Right? I mean, if it was Tucker Carlson, would you feel any better? Some of you would be like, well, yes. Because you're immersed and lost in the two-party manipulation. If it doesn't matter who's in charge, the government is the one controlling the flow of information. So they want you to focus on the liberal and she's crazy. Look at her song on Twitter because that's what all the people pointed at. That is either them lost in their own manipulation or they're part of that manipulation. That's my opinion. The bottom line is they're controlling the flow of information and all we can focus on is what party she's in. Come on, guys. We need to be smarter than this or we need to be we need to stand up and let people see that we are smarter than this. And those fringe people in the conversation on Twitter or the left-right paradigm are not the true representation of what America thinks. Stand up, have some gumption, and let people know that that's not you. Great articles always. I love, you know, you guys know, Caitlin and I don't agree on everything. I mean, there's probably plenty that we really don't agree on at all. I mean, COVID, we had different, I, th- I actually think Caitlin gets really misrepresented on the way she covered COVID. I think she was a little reserved. And I, I understand that if I, 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 I personally would have argued that most people should have pushed harder, but at least understand why they might've been reserved. But again, we don't agree on everything. But nonetheless, I would always point out that I think that she does a great job and that she's objective. That's my personal opinion. Come to your own. But the bottom line is, I agree with this completely. And this is a dangerous situation. Michael Tracy points out from the White House own fact sheet that they are literally using part of the $33 billion, which is $7 billion a month, going to Zelensky. Why? Because he simply asked for it. You know, just a casual six times the amount we've given to them in total. But yeah, just here, bump, $33 billion. Just like that. 
right? We, we have a bill about something changing in edu- education or, or people being fed because of COVID and it takes months and months and months. But Zelensky stands up and says, I need money. And 30 seconds later, we've got $33 billion flying over there. Oh, where are we going to get the money for education? Where are we going to get the money for that? But guess what? We sure as hell found $33 billion out of nowhere for Ukraine just like that. They don't care about you guys. It's time to recognize that. But as he points out, White House fact sheet says part of the mammoth $33 billion spending package it's requesting for Ukraine will be to, quote, support independent media. Really? Because nothing screams independent like being directly funded by the U.S. government as part of its information warfare initiative, which is what this is. Think about how silly that is. You're, you're by definition, no longer independent when you're directly funded by the U.S. government. But you see, this is exactly the point. They're funding controlled media, like the NIA, like the, not that they're media, but that's what they do. The NED, the NIA, US, excuse me, USAID or NED, National Endowment for Democracy. This is what they do. They fund these so-called information freedom foundation, or whatever. And it's literally just controlling the flow of information of controlled entities around the world that they frame as independent. They're not giving me money. I wouldn't take it, to be quite honest. The point is that's not what's happening, but they're they're creating the illusion of reality to a degree I've never seen in my life. Now, here's the person that's in charge, and I, I discussed this with Garland. Here's what she actually said, guys. I shudder to think about if free speech absolutists were taking over more platforms, as if that's what's happening now. And, and by the way, understand that they themselves pretend to support free speech. That's why they're drawing the line as absolutists. There's no such thing. You either believe in free speech or you don't. It's that simple. And look, I'm not even I'm not going to pretend like there's not hard lines to walk there. But it's simple. You you can come out and argue I believe in free speech to a point. And I would disagree with that and I would say that that's the wrong stance to take, but you know what? I would respect you more than you saying that you're you believe in free speech or versus absolutist. You can't break it down like that. Because absolutist people that believe in free speech to the to the T are people that believe in free speech. People that don't believe in free speech are people that would say, well, you can say what you want, but the moment you start saying these words, you're not allowed to. Well, then you don't believe in free speech, period. And what they're doing, though, and here's the next part. This is so incredibly important to me. She's saying, I shudder to think what would happen if the people were framing as free speech absolutists or people that just believe in free speech were to take over the platform. What that would look like for the marginalized communities around the world which are already shouldering so much of this abuse, disproportionate amounts of this abuse. Please tell me it's, I mean, it's just that transparent. What she is saying is simple. That the only people that believe in free speech to the absolute are white supremacist Republicans, right? Or rather just extremist Republicans or nationalist Republicans. That's it. Because, of course, they're the only ones that think that way. Therefore, if we let them do this, they're going to attack with their free speech marginalized communities who are already being attacked. Okay, so bottom line, what she means is free speech amounts to being able to attack people of color, which is just a gross, childish, naive misrepresentation of what free speech is. And it's a very self-serving misrepresentation, as well as the fact that that's the only thing they want it for. We only want to make, allow people to say what they want on Twitter so they can then go attack those black people. I mean, guys, this is just, I don't believe anybody actually believes this. This is so remedial and just dishonest. I mean, how in the world are you going to pretend to know what they think? I'm so tired of this. You don't know what Elon Musk intends to do. Don't pretend that. You can argue this is what I think would happen, but to just blatantly frame this as you know the answer is just 
propaganda. You are you are the one radicalizing people. Simple. And again, the tie back to what we're telling you they're building with the vanilla ISIS concern, with the information we're discussing, how they're literally building fascism in other places of the world to then, and they're already laying the groundwork to blame that on Trump and the conservatives, the rise above movement, which is what was the impetus for the entire discussion of the rising white supremacy threat and how they tied back to the conservatives and Trump and unite the right. Well, they are directly, directly tied to the Aza Battalion. I've shown you this. They have meetings with them multiple times. The, the corporate media has pointed to that when they were moments ago before this started, telling you that they're a big, dangerous, international reaching entity. And then when we exposed the CIA was directly funding and cultivating the Oz Battalion, suddenly it all went away. Weird, right? Weird how they don't want to make that point anymore. That this is meant to make the connection, in my opinion, between those people fighting just for the ability to say what they think, whether that's what she's saying or not. I guarantee some of them might think that way, but there's, it's my opinion, not even remotely close to, it's not at all most of them. But I lost my thought there. The bottom line, guys, is that this is being built. Oh, that's really just to lay the groundwork for that. The idea of free speech is simply them trying to attack black people or trying to attack minorities. Now, as she's the one who recently worked with Ukraine and is now censoring information about Ukraine, because that seems totally objective. Here's a discussion right now that's breaking down in real time, which many of you already saw. <clears throat> this is Eva Bartlett's discussion. Actually, I should have grabbed that. The outstanding interview we just had with her on the ground in Ukraine, which is not what you're getting from the corporate media. Going to interviews here on the website. I might as well just grab Garland's too, since we just mentioned that a couple of times. But the point is, this is her excellent work on the ground. Title being Western claims of Russian mass graves near Mariupol and other fake news hoax. I know. I went to see for myself. So she put this out. She got attacked by everybody. <clears throat> the same way I get attacked for pointing out facts on Twitter as well. Attacked. You're crazy. You're fake news. How much is Putin paying you? Right? We, it's, it's a joke how often that comes up, whether they're bots or not. Which is just assuming. You're a simple, naive, childish assumer. Out there going, how much is Putin paying you? It's as if she couldn't just come to these conclusions on her own. Even if there are people being paid to say it, how would you possibly know that? It's just silly. It is just bottom of the barrel stupid. But here we are where she went to the area, saw for herself, talked to the people on the ground, and guess what? It's not real. It simply is not real. But then even though she did that, she still got attacked. She faked it. It's not real. She made it up. She staged this, whatever. It's everything you might expect. <clears throat> people saying that except not willing to consider that possibility when you literally have evidence of that happening in the reverse. But, oh, these are the ones I just brought up. But, oh, and the point was, we saw this, and here's Guardi, the Guardian. Russian forces accused of secret burials. Of course, we're, they don't know that, though. The mayor says, the Ukraine mayor says, there's no evidence. They admitted themselves. We can't prove this independently. This is what the Ukraine government says. Well, this was shown first to me by Max Vanderwerf. I'll include that, citing it to her thing. But here is CNN Portugal. Well, isn't it strange? Why wouldn't they know this if it came out? Oh, this wasn't yesterday. What was it here? Let me refresh real quick. It's in Portugal. It's in Portuguese. So April 27th, this was published. Okay, April 27th. It's May 1st right now. 
Here, just a second. I'll show you without the, oops, that's the wrong button. Without the translation. Oh, well, you can see it kind of, anyway, it doesn't matter. You can see that. Oh, maybe hit that. There you go. So Portuguese. Anyway, <clears throat> so here's what it says. The thousands of bodies buried in two cemeteries outside Mariupol in the last month. Which is an interesting way to put that <clears throat> because that's actually not what happened. And I would argue that's probably just a headline that got forced in there by whoever editor is manipulating this because there's obvious examples of this, even that headline not being true. Because the reality is, if you watch her video, is that they said, no, that's not true. She and you can you can see them discuss it. <clears throat> They're going, no, no, that's we, we buried these people. And he can even says it right here, where he just simply goes, No, that's fake. He said that's BS. It's fakes. The point is they admit, look, we buried people here before this. There's Ukrainian military here, there's individuals, some of them are from what's been going on with the war, some of them aren't. It's just a grave. It's just a funeral or a, 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 a Grave, grave, graveyard. Jeez, can't think of the words. It's just simple graveyard, right? That's been ongoing. And she proves in the video that it is for 100% the same location that they're using their satellite imagery to show. So the point is that in the last month is not when these were all buried. So even that is sort of a deception. But here's what it says. This is the CNN journalist from the Portugal side of CNN saying this explicitly. When we first arrived at the cemetery, we did not find mass graves. Now, by the way, wouldn't that have been the right thing to do before you reported all of this? Yeah, you know, like an actual journalist. But it goes on to say, contrary to what the former mayor of Mariupol denounced, literally contrasting what the mayor keeps saying today and supported by the satellite images. So not only is this guy, read it for yourself, guys, all included in the show notes. At the precise location of the geolocation, there are about 230 individual graves with number plates. Many of them with name, date, birth, death. Exactly. That's exactly what she shows you too. Then you can look at these, look at the, it's a regular graveyard. And speaking to the people on the ground, confirmed that it was, they've been doing this the same way they have been long before that. Okay. So if CNN themselves even publish this though, right? So for those out there that want to be like Russia and disinformation, are you really going to argue that Russia is putting out disinformation through CNN, one of its harshest critics? CNN themselves are reporting quietly on their Portugal site or their Portuguese site that it, it's not there, that it's not actually happening, that there are no mass graves, even though the satellite images weirdly showed that. Isn't that strange? Here, April 22nd, right before this is what CNN, and still live right now on the website, mass graves near besieged Ukrainian city Mariupol are evidence of war crimes, says Ukrainian officials. to find to see if they are just leaving it out now that we couldn't verify it well of course all the ukraine says that's their coverage what we should do real quick actually is see we'll see if cnn has any updates look at this see oh it's one month ago let's do this tools Past 24 hours. CNN. Jeez. Nothing. Not a peep. No follow-up to say, oh, looks like we got that one wrong. Our mistake, right? That's not what's happening. Now let's go back a week. 
just general broad updates, nothing. This is what they leave it at. They're at signs of war crimes, even though we have a journalist on the ground who literally just said it wasn't even there. And so too did Eva Bartlett. Now, by the way, Maxar Technologies, who is the one that they're using to pretend like that is what happened, is a CIA cutout, guys. That's what this is. Right now, the board of directors, or at least one of the people on the board of directors, is Louis Gilman, who is, is the chief executive officer of InQtel, the investment capital fund for the CIA. He's also directly tied to the National Security Commission on Artificial Intelligence, the commissioner of the group. This guy is, a, is an intelligence, this guy's an entity inside the intelligence apparatus. And weird how both Bucha, who they got caught lying about, and now Mar- Mariupol, they also got caught lying about. Weird how it's obvious they're lying to you with satellite imagery for the CIA agenda. Just ask yourselves how it's possible that we can be in a situation where they can admit to you publicly on their outlet that you're that no people won't read in the United States, that it's not even real. And yet right now they're still talking about mass graves in Mariupol as justification for what they're doing in the Russia bad guy. Everything is fake. I mean that like facetiously like this. You're, you live in an illusion, guys. They are creating false narratives every second right now. Now, here's another interesting one that people lost their minds about, by the way. The ghost of Kiev, who even corporate media has admitted, is admitted verifiably does not exist, apparently dies in battle. They just can't put down this crumbling narrative. It's sort of incredible and almost entertaining in a sad sort of way. Hashtag cool story, bro. It's just ridiculous. Now, you guys can read through this for yourself. I mean, people went haywire, screaming, oh, well, I was just Putin paying you. Like, that's exactly what I was just talking about. This guy's, oh, he's a Russian spy. <laughs> it's just so stupid. I mean, it just really, like, you could argue that, like, I, I have a side or an agenda, but just to jump right over the top to be like, because, like, like literally nobody's capable of putting the pieces together for, or even, let's just say, being wrong if they think that without being a spy for Russia or being paid by Putin. These are child-level arguments, guys. It is so stupid. Now, is it possible? Sure, of course it is. But it's just like evidence doesn't even matter to these people anymore, and it's people on the, in the party paradigm, guys. That's what I keep talking about. Now, the bottom line here, guys, you can read this article for yourself. The bottom line of what they're showing you is that, oh, this guy died, and we've confirmed that's the guy. Oh, Ukraine says, great. Hashtag Ukraine says. The, po- the point is, everything that has come out so far, Everything from the first video, which is a video game, from the interviews and coverage was showing you, it's been shown to be false. Reuters telling you, or this is the wrong one. Oh, I think, oh shoot, I, oh, it was right there, by the way, it's right here. I mean, these are all, of course, none of these, none of these, I'll tell you right now, none of these are saying, we know for sure this doesn't exist. What they're showing you is, here's animation that was used to pretend to be Ghost of Kiev, and we've proven that it's not actually Ghost of Kiev. Okay, so could he be real? Sure. Now, if every single thing that has come out about this person since the moment it was discussed has been shown to be faked, why would you just be like, well, he's real until you prove that somebody that's never been shown to exist, in fact, exists? Talk about bending over backwards, mental gymnastics. The point is that if everything you've been shown is fake, then this guy doesn't exist. Why would you, I mean, the, the idea that, it, it, it's, I don't even know how I could say that any clearer. <laughs> like, is it possible that somebody out there has this name? Sure. Maybe somebody called the, the ghost of Santa Claus is also real. Is there any evidence that's ever been put out? No. So why would we just jump to the end of that and go, he's real until you prove he's not? <laughs> that's the kind of fa- logical fallacy that they create. Reuters says this, right? I mean, oh, that was the, it was this one. Mil, 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 uh, military.com says the same thing, but 
It says it may be a myth, but it's lethal as war morale. Yes, that's our point. You see, it is an information war that they've admitted they're waging. So they create false things like this to raise morale. Among, that's exactly the point. As Jake Caitlin points out, the ghost of Kiev has died in battle, reportedly downed by overwhelming Russian forces. In related news, the Easter Bunny has been killed by mortar fire, and Russian cruise missile strike reportedly resulted in the death of Count Chocula. <laughs> and this person also points out that they're already selling his helmet and goggles, supposedly in an auction in London. As their point is to look, even this could be monetized. I mean, this is going so fast over the top, guys. The bottom line is they have been shown in every possible way to not, this has been a lie. Here was the first one. Here's the Newsweek came out right out of the gate, right? This was early. And again, said the same thing. Boast is very likely not real, but instead an imaginary hero designed to bolster Ukrainians' morale. And everybody down there just goes, so, well, so you don't know for sure that he's not. I'm like, okay, well, so in the process of this discussion, you're, you're admitting that now you don't know either. My point is to point out that if every single thing they've said has been shown to not even exist, then he's not real. That's verifiably showing that he's not even there. There's never been an example of him first, and then he was lied about. No, no, no. They've lied, got caught, lied, got caught, lied, got caught. And then somebody crashes and they go, that was him. <laughs> and all these people go, oh, they proved it. That's the, the basis of this argument, that he's been shown to exist because the Ukraine people showed a, 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 a license or, you know, whatever, showed you something in front of a screen. So why would, you, why would you believe that is the guy who has been lied about 13 times already? You see what I'm saying? Isn't it just, isn't it just a guy who they say is this guy and you just take that at face value? Yes. I'll even go so far as to say, could there be a person that really did exist like this? Sure. There's no evidence of that other than what they say is the reality after being caught I think at least five times lying about who this person really was. So the point is, after all of this, we keep catching them lying about mass graves in Mariupol, about the ghost of Kiev, about goddamn well everything else we could point at here. Who is the ghost of Kiev? And yet people still keep wanting to believe it. Ghost of Kiev, in quotes, dies in battle after shooting down Russia. Identity revealed. This is my point. So they give him, so a guy gets shot down. Let's just say, let's say, well, first of all, why would we even take that at face value with the, what they've lied about so far? Because there's nothing in there. To, it's in, just text is beyond me. Again, well, they said so because Russia wouldn't lie about it. Well, yeah, they really, really would lie about it. Your government just told you they would lie about it, but go ahead and blindly trust it. But the point is, let's just give them that somebody did crash and that did happen. Why is Major Stefan Tarabalka for sure this guy? Say it with me, guys, because Ukraine says. A Ukrainian fighter pilot known as Wilson Kiev was killed in battle last month. Shoot, last month. <laughs> Great. So there's no, it's not real time. So they had a month to quietly plan the, the publication also identified him as this person. The newspaper in the UK also said that he'd been flying this kind of web, this kind of jet. Okay. Show me where there's verification yet other than them saying stuff. The fighter pilot was post-humously uh, awarded uh, after he died, rewarded this medal. His helmet and goggles are set to be auctioned at near. At the, okay, okay, I'm waiting for it. Okay, so the people call him Ghost of Kiev, and rightly so. The Ukrainian government said, "Cool, cool story." According to the Times, he was born in a working class family. Okay, so see, this is what gets these people. So this, they took a guy who probably exists, probably did get shot down. And they go and they show you his background. And they go, see, he's a real person. How are you proving he is this phantom ghost of Kiev character? And what, even if, let's just say he had that name, how do you prove that he's been doing anything you say he's been doing? Because you keep faking what you say has happened. 
I don't know why this is so difficult for people to get through. They just have chosen the side. With the revelation of his identity, which apparently has already been proven by a bunch of text, it says the reports that he could have been an urban legend have been put to rest. No, they haven't. It's it's just silly, guys. Anybody honest with the smallest amount of objectivity can see that this is not proof of anything. It's just statements from a government that's been caught lying. <clears throat> now, this person makes my point for me. Even if it's not real, it's more about what he symbolizes for the Ukrainian people, or rather for the government puppet for the U.S. that's pretending to be the Ukrainian people, yes, and what you have blindly taken as pretending to be as the Ukrainian representation, yes, I agree. They fake things to use as propaganda in an information war, like they've admitted to you. She says, I seriously don't understand why people like you have such a massive problem with this. You mean with them lying about stuff to manipulate people like you to think that you're doing something you're not? Oh, gee, I don't know. Also, there has been a name and a face leak of the person. You see my point? Oh, it leaked, did it? How in the world can you prove that that picture and, and what they say his name is, if it even is his name, are the person they say? You don't, there's no way you could know that because every single thing about him has been fake thus far. Then we get things like this to just jump in the same discussion. So all of a sudden, Kiev police find three bound men they say were executed by Russian occupiers. Hmm, <clears throat> interesting timing, seeing as how right this moment, they're also reporting that Ukraine's cracking down on traitors helping Russian troops. So it's strange that after all this time, they're going, oh, there's three more people in Bucha, or Kiev, excuse me. Right, just I mean, the reason I said Bucha is my mind because the bound hands, right? Which, by the way, has been pretty much unequivocally shown to be what the Ukrainian troops are doing to people. <clears throat> they, I mean, it's been proven. That's what happens when people, when you show them with no Russian engagement in these areas, they, but nobody cares, whether Patrick or anybody else, but you know, it's all fake news because they're going to dismiss what they don't want to see. It certainly could be. I will always say that, but we will question all sides and one, only one side's being questioned in regard to people dismissing without due diligence what are, they're being told with people like Patrick Lancaster or Abba Bartlett. Okay, so the police in Kiev, who don't forget the SBU, and the police forces have been completely immersed by the Azov movement and others like the right sector and Georgian Legion. They are telling us that people were killed and hands bound. They tell us it was Russian occupiers. Ukrainian police said, okay, on Saturday they had found the bodies of three men. So couldn't they have shot them? Yes. Not possible, though, because Ukraine police or anybody Ukraine or even anything Ukraine is all glorious and great and half fantastic, right? Glory to Ukraine, we keep hearing, even though that's honestly a very clear insight into what they're... The, I mean, think about if people were saying glory to anything that they would misconstrue as some kind of white supremacy concept or glory to this or glory to Germany. Oh, no, that's white supremacy. Yeah, because these people are the same thing. <laughs> and not to suggest that Germany's like that, just the tie back to the idea. These people are directly connected to literal Nazis, as well as neo-Nazis, as well as fascism, as well as everything else we're talking about. It's just all-encompassing and literally undeniable, but they don't want to see it. My point, though, is they say this happened. They found these bodies, and they've already been caught and are openly propagandizing elsewhere that they're currently hunting down anybody sympathizing. They've already been said, and I'll show you next, that we're okay with people being assassinated if they're sympathizers for Russia, but we can't even conceive that these three people might have been shot by those people and might have been sympathizers of Russia after they pulled back. No, that's just absolutely impossible. Right? I mean, think about how stupid that is. With several gunshot wounds, the police said indicated they had been tortured. 
Why would gunshot wounds indicate they've been tortured? It's a weird statement. Kiev says more than a thousand bodies have been discovered in or around Bucha. Oh, excuse me. I take, so this is interesting. Oh, okay. So that, that I confused myself there for a second. So it is in Bucha, not Kiev, but Kiev police found it. So ask yourself this, guys. So the Russian government, military, has not been in control of Bucha since March, the end of March, right? Okay, so we're going to pretend that they found three bodies two months, I mean, no, a month, a month ago, or I mean, after a a month since they've been killed reportedly in 50 plus degree weather and that they're not gigantic, disgusting messes. Yeah, come on, guys. That they found them and their hands were tied and everything was still very easy to tell. They were shot and everything. They're killing people and just broadly going, oh, it was from that then the Bucha thing before. And they just don't even care. Oh, Ukraine says they caught them. It was Bucha and Russia did it. The video also contained images purporting to show the grave and the bloodied bodies with faces blurred out. Right. You mean the bloodied bodies that wouldn't even be bloody anymore after a month in the sun? Or the fact that they wouldn't be bodies, they would be gigantic balloons or disgusting messes? Come on, guys. This is ridiculous. This has gotten childishly ridiculous. Look at it for yourself. It's, it's, it, they are shooting people and then pretending it's them. How in the world are you pretending that it's been there this entire time? Oh, but don't forget, Reuters could not independently verify the information, but we're sure as hell going to report it and put that way at the bottom of the article. Reuters has not been able to verify the number of people found dead in Bucha, even though they keep citing the numbers that they keep telling you. Or the circumstances of their deaths. You guys should literally lose your position of being able to report these things if that's the kind of garbage you push out and then quietly undermine by saying, we have no idea whether any of this is true, but we'll keep saying it. Well, why don't you do that when Russia says something? Isn't that quite obvious? When Russia stands up and goes, Ukraine has killed this many people this month. Does Reuters come out and say, this Ukra- Ukraine's killed this many people, Russia says. No, they don't. That is not objectivity. That is obvious propaganda. And you're admitting you can't even prove what they're saying. My God. Now, the point here, again, is to finish this last part off, understanding that this is obviously a manipulation or a blatant lie. If they're, whether Either there's no bodies or they are killing people and pretending that it's Russia right now. I mean, how in the world this could be tied to Bucha after they haven't been there for a month or more? But Pentagon officials say U.S. sees no threat of Russia using nuclear weapons. Why we would believe anything that they're ever saying when this much of what they're saying has been shown to be blatant lies? They also see no threat to NATO territory, but they're going to use that to push in everything they're continuing to push in. You can read it for yourself. He just says any bluster about possible use of nuclear weapons is dangerous and unhelpful. Nobody wants to see nuclear war. Nobody can win that. And the point is they have no threat of that. A senior Pentagon official told reporters on Friday that the U.S. does not believe there's a threat of Russia using nuclear weapons. So why are they keep citing that? Why does the Western press, the corporate media keep citing when every time Zelensky speaks up? Because that's the point. Okay, so nuclear weapons, no NATO threat. Those are two huge claims they've used to push everything. What about the cyber threats? Same thing. Russian cyber attacks failed to materialize. Why don't we hold them accountable? Why don't we swipe? Where is all those pundits out there, all these supposed journalists who are going to go, okay, now we haven't seen them. What's your thought? You know, what's your comment? Were you wrong? Were you lying? Was there not? Where was the intelligence? Was it part of the information war? None of it. 
He'll just happily wait until the next time he floats the same. It's, you're going to see it again. He'll come out a month from now, a week from now, tomorrow, and float the same thing. Russia's building the cyber attacks, intelligence shows, and they'll float the same thing because that's what they do. And people will buy it just like they always have because that's what people do. It's frustrating. But I don't think it's the I don't think it's the majority. I don't know where my mods are right now, but I don't think it's the majority. I think that most people see through this, guys. I very, very, very strongly feel that way. Now, going to one of the most important parts here. Ukraine cracks down on traitors helping Russian troops. Now, if you want to talk about mental gymnastics, like this is why I keep saying like this, there's no way these people in CNN and Fox News kind of grouping specifically are not acutely aware that they are. I mean, this is my point about some of these people, like the, the higher level people in the media, like they may be aware that they're part of an apparatus of misinformation and they just don't care about that. Right. And they'll willing to toe the line. People like your Alice Morrow's out there. They recognize that it's controlled and they get out of there because they're good people with integrity. But there's also the people in there that are just too dumb to see it. And I believe that they seek those people out. But those people buy into it all. Right. They believe they're fighting for freedom and democracy in Ukraine. But at some point, they're going to they see stuff. They're going, wait a minute. Like, these guys are actually Nazis. We can see their symbols. Why are we, like, it puts them in a weird position. I, my point is just not that I know that's all of it or what, how, Matt, how much, but there are those people out there. I know it. So when you see stuff like this, they must be going, wait a minute. You know, like, these, they're literally murdering people that are, that are sympathetic to Russia. We can't be okay with that. And they fight for it anyway. They just are invested in a political side. So even Associated Press is, and even putting it in quotes, because right now, human rights groups are coming out and going, guys, they're doing bad things right now. I'll even play you a video next. It's, it, I mean, the video, that's the, the video is a whitewash of it. And it is crazy. The video itself is alarming. Victor appeared nervous as masked Ukrainian security officers in full riot gear, camouflage and weapons pushed into his cluttered apartment in the northern city of Kharkiv. Kharkiv. His hands trembled and his face it tried to cover his face. The middle-aged man came to the attention of SBU after what authorities said were his social media posts praising Putin for fighting with Nazis. Right. So even if you believe that's the gist of it, how in the world are you okay with that happening, yet everybody is losing their minds about literally the exact same thing happening in Russia? Censoring discussions of, of an invasion versus a military operation or, or a you know, special operation. And you've seen them. They have gone out there freaking out about it. It's actually pretty ridiculous. They've, they're, they're like getting upset. working double time over here guys don't know why where where my mods are right now chat's bitten overload by people trying to pretend like it's about grow you know people in the chat always bomb on the youtube side of it trying to make us look like we're something that we're not because this is all about counterintelligence guys it's constant anyway back to the point calling for regions to secede and labeling a national flag as a symbol of death so this guy in ukraine does not have a right to make his own opinion Right. Let's let's be clear. Right now in Russia, you can go on YouTube right now and make a discussion about why Ukraine's right. Yes, you can. I don't care what you keep hearing from the Western press. I'm looking at people doing that in Russia right now, arguing that we're all being lied to. I'm also seeing people in Russia arguing the other side of it or something in the middle. I've looked at these. 
Yes, there are social media laws about cracking down on things like the terminology and different stuff like that. I've shown you that, and I aggressively disagree with it. But think about how the, the AP goes out of its way to kind of try to whitewash this, or any of them, all of them, or most of the Western press don't even talk about this. This video is going to freak you out, guys. This is what's being allowed. And just this is DW, again, trying to whitewash this. Human rights advocates worry that some of the arrests are unjustified. Now ask yourself what it took for DW to go there. Set this all up. Plan it out. Where are you going to go? We have to get our cameras and our lights set up. Like these people know this is wag the dog. Even then, look at what they're about to show you. Because realize, guys, what I'm going to show you next is they're admitting to you that they're murdering people. I put it quiet, I put it softly in the title because some of these people appear to be being arrested. They're openly telling you, and I was telling you this before this all kicked off, remember, that they're openly executing people that work with Russia. The guy that got shot in the back head by outside the courthouse, the Russian blogger that we told you about before they then came back and admitted that that was somebody they killed, but yet the Western press has no, they have no reason or no, they have no desire to come back and point out that that was actually admitted to, like we said, because they called us fake news. So let's watch this video, and you could see for yourself what I'm talking about. And just imagine if this was Russia, in Ukraine or Russia you know what they would be framing it as and how they would lose their minds about it. The SBU, it says, for those in the podcast, make sure you check this out in the show notes. The link will be there. The SBU, Ukraine Security Service, which by the way, on the record, according to corporate media, right before February 25th, 2022, admitted had been immersed with the Azov movement. But now it's fake news because we're just ridiculous hypocrites and we can't acknowledge that we said this moments ago and now we're saying the opposite, right? But SBU is arresting suspected Russian collaborators, right? They're not, there's no corridor. There's no documentation. They're just being told somebody likes Russian stuff or posts about Russian stuff or says something against Ukraine or hints that the Russian Ukrainian flag is not, it's ridiculous, are rounding them up and arresting them. Anywhere, anywhere in a, in a bad guy place, this would happen. According to the U.S. government, they would be screaming about human rights, Geneva conventions and everything else that absolutely applies, but not for Ukraine because Ukraine bad, because Ukraine good guy, according to the absurdly ridiculous. I mean, I, I'm trying to the, the idea is that there are, there are good and bad people in the world, right? I overuse the good guy, bad guy analogy, but the point is that there are people doing terrible things and all they can do. And I, all these governments are doing as much in my opinion. I just think that they are watching the, the worst of the worst carry out terribly alarming and dangerous and illegal acts and just kind of framing it as, you know, well, what would you do in a fight for freedom? <laughs> and then allegations about the other side are being drawn all the way out to investigations. But we all know this is ridiculous. And none of that's to suggest that both sides aren't capable of doing terrible things. And what's the need to go in with the, with the shield and the guns and the camo? I mean, look, this is just an average person in her, in her apartment with her, with her husband. And the guy was posting things on Twitter or whatever the social media platform is. This is about a show of force, guys. You are scaring people to not speak out. And this is being normalized or whatever you want to call it by DW and everybody else acting like this is acceptable. 
even though this is a fraction of what's actually happening. If the DW wasn't there, this person would have been shot in the head. And I say that with certainty because I've already seen it happen. I've already seen experts on the topic from both sides of this discussion before February 25th acknowledge what they're capable of. But not now, because we got baby ears on now. We can't talk about the things we said 30 seconds ago. The man is accused of posting pro-Russian messages on social media. That's it. Accused of posting pro-Russian social... You're not even allowed to say, I think Russia's doing something good. Can't say that. You know you, where you can say that? In reverse, on YouTube, in Russia, about Ukraine. Right now. Not all Ukrainians are against the invasion, especially those living near Russia's border. Right. That has to be understood. The, the problem is that the West, the corporate media, will not let you think that. It's everybody's on Ukraine's side, Russia, bad guy. Anybody that supports Russia is a terrorist or a Nazi. Because it's all Putin's Nazis right now, right? These just reduced down buzz talking points that are completely independent of the facts. Ukraine's new anti-collaboration law bans public support of Moscow. That is so much more intense than what you're seeing in Russia. It blows my mind. You're not even allowed to publicly support them for anything at any time. Or you'll be arrested without charge, without court order. They'll track, they'll hunt you down and drag you into a place where you're probably going to be tortured, which, by the way, has already been admitted to right up until February 25th. I don't know how many times I can say that. These people are really, really dangerous, and they were all screaming about that right up until this started. Let's pretend like it all changed because freedom and democracy, right? You just decide to be that way. It's just, this is why I don't believe that most people believe or buy what's happening right now. I supported a lot, he says. You supported Putin? Are you supporting the Russian army? You're not speaking very nicely about the Ukrainian flag, right? My God. That is horrifying. This guy is terrified, and how much you want to bet that had he said, yes, I support Putin, you wouldn't be seeing this video. Period. They are sitting there in his home in complete military gear talking about his comments about the Ukrainian flag on social media. But yeah, let's scream about anybody else anywhere because this is all about freedom, right? Now think about what they're doing with your social media in your country. Maybe it's obvious why they don't think this is a problem. А флаги Украины, да, называешься? Да? I mean, it just grosses me out that DW is taking part in this, guys. This is horrific. These people should be, these aren't journalists. You, I mean, this is the same as embedding with Hayat Tirol Sham and acting like you're just looking about the real, you are literally embedded with the worst extremists on the ground who are literally threatening a civilian because he made comments on social media. And this is supposed to be acceptable to anybody in the Western corporate media? God, this makes my skin crawl. He says, sorry, yes, I made a lot of comments. I told you I changed my mind. Right. He changed his mind. Now, on the spot. It's mine because they would murder him if he didn't. This guy's terrified, and he has a right to be, because he knows they are literally shooting people in their cars for blogging about Russian. Anything. Today, after our visit, right now. See, so they're even pushing it. No, 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 you can't, you can't just say no now. You damn well better pretend like you changed your mind a long time ago for the cameras. Of course, he says, of course. 
Так, собираем вещи, The point is, being in accordance with Ukrainian law does not mean anything because that is their law is what they want it to be right now. I can't make that any more clear. That's not my opinion. That's actually what they are saying. If you actually listen to what these people, the SBU, the groups involved, the C-14s, the Azov movement, the groups that are literally standing up and controlling what's happening are telling you that you're being misled. That we're doing this for money. That we do this because it's a means to an end. That we have aims to turn around and do this to the rest of Europe. That we're trying to reignite the white race around the world. This is what they keep telling people. If you just listen to anybody other than the corporate media. Suspected collaborators. Suspected, right? No crime. Suspected collaborators can be detained for up to 30 days without court order. Exactly. Sharon says, yep, the new Israel. There is literally no other place on the planet that operates like this that I can tell in a constant. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that because let's be all to be. There are countries that I haven't immersed myself in, in investigation wise. So let's just say, from my experience, there is no other pl- country that I see operating like this other than Israel with Palestinians right now. And that's exactly why every human rights organization organization in the world is calling them an apartheid state. Yet here we are. Letting Ukraine, as if it's a good thing, openly say they're modeling themselves after what every human rights organization on the planet that matters, I would argue, or that the bigger ones are saying that they are an apartheid extremist supremacy state. That's what they are, the government. See how broken and ridiculous this is? Like, how is it possible that you could pretend that's Russian disinformation? It's crazy. 30 days without a court order. Freedom, democracy, right? Please don't harm it. No, no, everything is according to law. He'll be fine. Right. I mean, I just got to be honest. I, I, this is just my subjective opinion, but this guy does not care. Right. She's trying to be, I mean, the guy's not, he didn't respond to her. He didn't, not that he has to hug her back, I guess, but he did. He just kind of stood there, arms down. This guy does, this guy, in my opinion, is pretending for the cameras. If you want to know what this would look like without the cameras, look at every other example we are seeing about people leaving Mariupol who are telling you they raped us, they beat us, they stole our food, and they put us in a hole, they wouldn't give us water. That's what these people are. That's why he's cold, in my opinion, and withholding back on probably what he would like to do. Just my opinion, please hear that, my opinion, but based on what we've already heard by endless admission, endless testimonials by people leaving these areas. Human rights advocates worry that some of the rest are unjustified. Oh, oh, some of them. Oh, you mean there are some without court order? No, they're without court order. There's no process here. There's no investigation. They're getting hints about people that work with Russia, and they're sweeping and hunting them down. That's not some of them. They're all unjustified. This straight up violates the Geneva Convention. It violates everything in the context of war, because that's what this is. It's a current, It's a wartime situation. And they don't care. They're killing people. They're shooting them. They're arresting them. They're torturing them. And it's all on the record, guys casually left out of this great DW video. Of course, our connection seems to be going up and down nonstop, which I don't even know how it's possible, as always. There we go. Coming back. Let's keep going. 
government says security is more important than free speech in some cases. Let me say that again. The Ukraine government, the, the loving, glowing democracy of the Western world in the Ukraine, the news coming NATO partner, says that security is more important than free speech in some cases, which we'll later define for you whenever we want to. Great. Is it weird how the overlap is beginning to show itself very defined? We're, we're not in the middle of a wartime situation. Why are we over here dealing with the same thing? Our government's now telling us, well, security, national security, and free speech, well, free speech absolutists. And yeah, there's far more going on here than you realize, guys. This is completely connected. These people are dangerous, bad villains in my mind. Not the Ukrainian government as it would have been without this. Not the Ukrainian people, but the puppet entity that's been put in place by the outside forces. They're dangerous. And I can't say this enough. The same Western apparatus, the corporate media that was controlled by the same governments, were moments ago telling you just how dangerous they were, right up until 2022. So why, why could, how could it possibly be different now? My message is simple, Zelensky says. No one can escape consequences for collaboration. Does that sound like a democracy to you? Whether they come tomorrow or the day after tomorrow. The main thing is the inevitability that justice will be restored. Right, justice, right, consequences. They want you to hear this as well. Of course, they're going to go to jail and have a fine. No. History of this government has shown you that's not the truth. Current wartime situations have shown you that's not the truth. And then actions that they've already taken that have been verified independently have shown you that's not the truth. They are murdering people. They are torturing people until whatever they want to get out of them. I don't know. I mean, we have, we have Gonzalo Lira was picked up by the SBU and he's not allowed to leave his house. I mean, this is not what happens in what's a supposed democracy, guys. Not that that's even what we would want, but that's the, the point that they keep screaming at you that it's only a democracy. If it's a democracy or they care about these tenants, they don't just break down the moment that there's some kind of a problem, an invasion or anything else. That's when things are far more ex- are, are more accentuated, right? If you're actually a, a democracy or whatever, if you care about people's rights, you care about them even more during wartime. The idea that, well, it's war, so we're going to play loosey-goosey with, fre- with free speech and, you know, whether we can just murder you because freedom, you know. But after war, we'll go right back to being what you want us to call. It's just ridiculous. An unknown member, number of people are being entered into a registry of collaborators. Now, why is it unknown? Why are they keeping it secret? Why wouldn't they let us know? You know the answers to this. Anybody out there who's honest knows the answer to this. Because they're going to go missing. That's why. In Kharkiv, the SBU have detained hundreds of suspects. A very fast tempo is set by our armed forces, and we need to give them information and work so that no one stabs them in the back. Hold on. Well, you know, I'm going to look back and see who this guy is. Some suspects are arrested for more serious allegations. Allegations. This is, this is the equivalent of you being arrested because the government said you did something with nothing to prove it. We all see where that's going, guys. That's already, we're moments away from that in this country right now. But why is it acceptable there? Soldiers raided this home minutes after Russian shelling hit Kharkiv. So we're told, anyway. You can't verify any of this. They arrested a man who they say helped guide the Russian artillery. Yeah, nobody proves that, though, right? Two people died in the shelling. 
and we're going to assume that that was from Russia. Like, there's just so much being taken on the on the on the shoulder here. Like, we have to just assume that it's just the reality because they said so. Человек был задержан после обстрела. After the show, he was filming everything on a video camera. Oh, but yeah. What, now, remember the story that we just covered before this, which was the in reverse, where there was the individual that was on the other side that was supposedly filming. And, you know, and it's, it's just so the way that they frame it in reverse is unacceptable. Or actually, no, I'm, I'm confusing it. It was the same. The way they frame it is in, in regard to. God, what was that story? I, I want to grab it right now and show it to you. I'm forgetting it. In any case, the point is that this is a wartime situation. And of course, you can argue that somebody that was actually doing that would be held to account, arrested, right? He's he's helping them bomb us, so we'll arrest. But the point is, Geneva Conventions and anything else have already shown you that's not, there's supposed to be a process here. At the very least, people can't just be arb, 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 Jesus, arbitrarily, I don't know why that was tough, tortured or or even arrested, but killed. So to go back, to get past this, I'm already at an hour and a half, I just realized. He acted suspicious, suspiciously and caught our attention. So they don't know for sure. They are assuming. During a speech on the phone, photos and contacts with the enemy were found. So they say, again, you know, we don't know this stuff. These people are lying about damn near everything that's happening. They Maybe they're telling the truth there, but you don't know that. But people are taking this face value because they, they want to believe the one side. The suspect's actions could result in a lifetime prison sentence. I would love to follow up with this and find out what actually happened to these people, but I promise you it will be impossible. His father said he tried to stop him for sympathizing with Russian invasions. Anyway, so the point is, guys, even human rights organizations are worried about this, right? But here's the point that this came out just before this all started. And of course, just like always, when we're ahead of the story, people attacked us for it. Here is what this guy said. And yes, this is the actual translation. I confirmed myself. I also have the actual interview you can look at when we're done. But here's what it says. Meanwhile, a regional governor of Ukraine has claimed he's ready to hunt down and execute people who support Russia. The chilling words came in an interview with the Ukrainian news channel. Today, a Russian blogger was shot dead in his car. This means that there are still Russian traitors in Ukraine. And look at look at the way she responds when he says that. Happy, big smile, shaking her head like, yes, yes, that's right. We got, you know, like it, it's just sickening the way this is being normalized. Today, a Russian blogger was shot dead in his car. This means that there are still Russian traitors in Ukraine, and all traitors will be executed. executed. I'm not afraid of this word. It will be so. And we will not be able to stop people from shooting traitors either. I want to remind everyone that a service has already begun work that will look for such people. It's already operating. You need to understand that we are far ahead in terms of information technology hacking. We have very good specialists and there are large databases. Everyone can be tracked. No one can escape justice. But there are still Russia ahead in terms of information technology hacking. We have very good specialists and there are large databases. Everyone can be tracked. No one can escape justice. Yeah, it's just a coincidence that it's exactly right, that they're just... Pfft sprinting in the direction of the Great Reset. Every single thing that your government in the United States is trying to push in and justify, they're pushing in because, and other reasons, but at the same time, simultaneously. If you can't see the overlap right now, I feel like you're just willfully trying not to. 
I mean, it's just, just because you've been told that's conspiracy theory, look, just take a second and look. Regardless of what they tell you is, oh, it's how, how could they possibly be? What do you mean, how could they? Of course they can, <laughs> because governments do things like that. They broadly drive in agendas from multiple, multiple angles and different facets, trying to achieve things in different ways. It's, I mean, it's amazing. We can even quibble about that, seeing as how history makes it blatantly obvious. But the bottom line is that it's connected, that they're driving this in right now in Ukraine, the guys of the, the, under the guise of whatever COVID or the war or whatever else, the technocratic future. And the only way I think they're going to get something like that is to really destroy the larger idea of what we understand about everything. And I think that's in one key part going to be this vanilla ISIS agenda. But this is Vitaly Kim, governor of the Nikolaev Oblast, telling you they will face execution, extrajudicial. We're not going to put them through court. We're just going to murder them. And he points at the Russian blogger as an example, who, by the way, we also pointed out. This was back on April 20th. Right. I mean, look, this is this is April 27th, April 20th, pro-Russian blogger was killed under unclear circumstances. They just told you what happened. Here's the one of the videos. The guy was sitting in his car and they came up from both sides and shot him with obviously with automatic weapons. Here's the other side. Right? From both angles. Now, yeah, sure, this could be somebody else, right? But the point is, and there's more up here, by the way, you can look at. But the point is that he's telling you that this is what they're going to do. More like that. And yet, right now, when it actually starts happening, all we get from the corporate media is arresting traitors with due process. It's like, it's just, it, it breaks, it hurts my brain to watch how clumsily and, and willfully they're gaslighting for such a dangerous entity. Blows me away. Not because they haven't done it before, but because it's never been this obvious. Now, of course, because it's on RT, oh, well, fake news. But it's not, though. We've also, I've gone over the plenty of reports before of the individual being shot in the back of the head and on and on, guys. It's, and here's the actual interview for yourself if you'd like to watch it. It's crazy. So they're assassinating people right now, and your government is absolutely complicit with that. Here is an interesting dynamic. Here's the Kiev Independent reporting that a Russian missile killed this journalist. Independent English language journalism in Ukraine, right? Okay. So certainly possible that's what happened especially since these people are embedded with the, with the military. So it almost shouldn't be regarded as, well, that's the risk of embedding with military during a war, right? I'm not even trying to be like blithe about it. It's just the reality, right? Any person that was actually embedded with military during wartime, like Patrick, could, could I mean, you could get hit by a wayward Russian missile if you're on the, I mean, because things like that happen. Accidental shots or misfiring or whatever else, right? So my point is that she's in, in an area controlled by the Ukrainian military. And a Russian missile hits the area. That's a possibility. Of course, they're going to frame it as Russian murder this person as if that's, you know, anyway, you know how that's going to go. And that's how this is already going. But what about this possibility? What if this person was on the ground in Ukraine? And what if she was reporting something they didn't want reported? What do you think this entity would do to her? We are, well, in fact, we already know because it's been reported in the past. Here's 2016, which as much as they try to act like it's a lifetime ago, it's the same government. Same people. In fact, plenty of the entities that were shuffled away from positions have now been shuffled back in regard to the Azov movement. 
Okay, the point is these are dangerous entities, and it's the same government right now. Maybe Zelensky wasn't there, but it's the same puppet government. Even though he was there, he just wasn't in control. He was dancing in high heels as some kind of show. But the point is that these people, were you're being told, Ukraine's deadliest profession, being a journalist. And it wasn't just independence or anybody else. We're talking BBC, Reuters, French press agency. They were being threatened, attacked. Their names and credentials were being leaked on websites because even the leaders of the, uh, it was a member of parliament at the time, was telling them they praised this. They wanted more of it. They, they praised the publication of the list being put out there because why? They were helping the separatists, reporting from their side. Okay, so I've gone over this in depth more than once. All I'm saying is Vera Heinrich was killed by a Russian missile, they say, that hit her apartment building in Kiev. Now, isn't it not also possible that, or so just to be clear, embedding was just one of the points if you're in an area that's being attacked and, you know, Kiev, whatever else. I don't believe this is what happened because I don't believe what we actually saw was you, was Russia even actually shelling like they say they were the center of Kiev because it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. Certainly possible. But bottom, because my point is, what? why would they do that? Why would they give them the ammunition and say, look at them just bombing civilians? Because that's what they were saying before it even started. And then we also recognize people like General McGregor made it, Colonel McGregor made it very clear. They weren't even trying to go there. That's what I've said from the beginning. That wasn't the point. They lied about how it all went down. But bottom line, all that aside, and it's sad this person died if that's what happened, because, you know, I don't, I can't, I, I literally question everything. But as always, the second part of that is while being open to anything, right? But Assuming she did die, and that's where she died, why wouldn't it be possible that they came and, and took her out because she was reporting stuff they didn't want released? You know that's possible with these same entities and what they're doing right now, rounding up anybody saying anything they don't like. I just want that to be considered. Her dead body was found under the rubble on April 29th. I don't know, guys. I think it's pretty interesting that that's being... There you go. Finally, we have a mod in there taking care of it. Sorry, thank you guys. So, more spam in the chat for the podcast. But I just don't know why we're so quick to take a narrative. This is why, this is the question I have. I do believe the majority doesn't buy this. But what degree do you think that is? Right? So if, if, if that's true and the majority doesn't buy this, that would mean that what they're doing is pushing this out to get a fringe minority to scream as if they're the majority. But I, I just don't believe people, I think most people read this and go, oh, that's sad. You know, and at some level are kind of either just in, lied to it, like, well, you know, I'm not invested in what's happening in Ukraine. I only care about politics here. Or just kind of like, well, you know, could that could be the case because we know how often they lie to us. I just wonder. That's interesting. I didn't see this before. Well, so this, obviously, this is from a Ukrainian perspective saying, so the Russians targeted her? <laughs> My thoughts exactly, right? Okay. Yeah, you know you know what I would say, as always, possible, right? But see, the point is that narrative doesn't need evidence on their side of it, right? She's a reporter. It's Russian missiles because Ukraine said. Therefore, they probably, Putin probably targeted her. And that, that's the level we get from this. As we'll consider any possibility, but we need evidence. Then also recognize this. This, the reality of what they have done and what they're currently doing to people, it's like this blogger they assassinated in his car because he wrote things they didn't like. Let's not forget who is currently being caught training these people and have always trained these people. What's really interesting to me is the way CTV News, and this is from, uh, oh, I thought normally it was of Toronto or whatever else. Well, just I guess just CTVnews.ca. 
it's a Canadian, is that it's interesting that on one side of their mouth, it's that these people aren't the extremists that they're claiming they are. But yet then this comes out and it's mounting evidence, Canada trained Ukrainian extremists, government needs to be held to account, according to experts. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? Well, the bottom line is Canada is training and has been training the Azov Battalion. In the month that followed, the investigation by the Ottawa Citizen found that not only did Canadian officials meet and get briefed by leaders from specifically the Azov Battalion in 2018, they did not denounce the the unit's neo-Nazi beliefs. Despite being warned about their views by the colleagues, and their main concern was that media would expose that the meeting had taken place. Officers and diplomats allowed themselves to be photographed with official battalion officials, which was then used online as Azov propaganda. The federal government, which has spent more than almost a billion dollars training Ukrainian forces through Operation Unifier, has repeatedly stressed that it has not and will not ever train soldiers affiliated with the Azov Battalion. But they were lying, guys. Oh my God, who can believe it? However, a recent investigation by Canada, Radio Canada into documents related to Canada's mission in Ukraine, of course, found evidence that soldiers from the Azov Regiment, identified by their patches with the Nazi symbolism, have participated in training with the Canadian Armed Forces as recently as 2020. So you just recognize the, the Ukrainian government knows that. They just blatantly lied to you. They just, no, we didn't do that. So why, if they're so sure about their standing, why would they lie about working with them? Because everything is a deception right now, guys. And there's something grand being played out on the chessboard right now. And the bottom line is, they know those people are bad. And that's why they train them. They train them to be used. And they're desperate to make sure you don't see that. Now, why this is coming out, I don't know. I actually plan on coming back to this article specifically and focusing more on it. But the bottom line is, you can't have both simultaneously. They're either being caught training the dangerous people that they then hide from you, or they're not dangerous and Putin's a liar. I mean, the bottom line is there's some truth to a lot of it in regard to being government manipulators and so on. Like the bottom line is there's obviously Nazi entities or neo-Nazi groups in Russia, and you could even argue they have a big problem. I don't, I don't agree with that based on just the general assessment, but is it any bigger than what they would claim is happening in the United States? And is that actually happening in the United States? You see, it's the same dynamic. The bottom line is, it does not disqualify what's actually happening in Ukraine. This binary world we live in, it's either left or right, black or white. Nope. Which is funny, It's that's how everything else is except for trans, though. Whatever you want, wherever you want, anytime. (laughs) Right? You can be this, you can be that, but but only, only left or right. It's just weird. It's weird how they break you down along specific party lines. But then open that door. You know my thoughts on that. I don't want to get sidetracked in that conversation. But here's the point. I made this kind of joke that they're now admitting to you, just like Canada being caught for training Ukrainian troops. But wait a minute. I thought you weren't going to let this become, you know, it's narrative until they don't want it to be. It's just simple. And as I said, dot, 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 since 2014. Looks like the graphic got cut off. I fixed it, though. (laughs) Yes, they've been training them since 2014. That's been openly admitted to. So it's just funny how they dress these narratives at the lowest common denominator. They only want the bottom level, the people that don't know any better to scream that this is the reality, even though they've openly admitted that's blatantly not the truth. They just know that those people either won't see that or will be convinced that it's fake news because they were told to think it's fake news. Here's the Pentagon saying the U.S. is training Ukrainian forces in Germany. Training is also taking place at two other sites outside of Ukraine. So yeah, the 
are we really going to pretend like that's just now happening? They're training them on the new weapons they've been giving them for a long time, though the new ones and the old quiet secret Soviet era ones they used to conduct false flags with, which even the Washington, uh, the Wall Street Journal has reported. I'm only bringing it up right now because I bet you without showing this, people would probably doubt that that even happened. Here's what they said. As of March 21st, 2022, U.S. sending, caught sending Soviet air defense systems that secretly acquired to Ukraine. Yeah, but that's not a big obvious thing at all. But they're training them, giving them weapons, giving them lawyers, giving them funding, showing them how to use them, showing them where to aim them. You know what this is like? Just like Saudi Arabia and Yemen, because this is a U.S. government war. That's what it is. Now, here's an individual who just got killed. And of course, it was you know an American, and it was a big deal, and that's sad. It's a sad time, and and any time people die, in my opinion. But what's weird is where they put that way down in the article. Here it is on April 29th. Former, by the way, former is important. Former U.S. Marine killed fighting in Ukraine. Russian missile strikes hit Kiev amid U.S. chief visit. Okay, you know you know why we don't know that for sure? Because that's not what we found. That's what's told to people. Russian forces are concentrating on Ukraine's eastern Donbass region, but continue to face stiff resistance. UK's defense ministry said, first of all, but it says in the areas Russia taken under control may soon, uh, Ukrainian officials have warned. Again, I'm just trying to make the quick point. That's all of this. Everything in here, according to Ukrainian officials, the Ukraine officials said what they said, what, you know, it's everything, all of it. The bottom line is former U.S. Marine was killed. That's apparently verified. How is what Ukraine said? And we don't know for sure. Maybe he was killed by them. Maybe he tripped and broke his head on a stone. Maybe he got killed in an attack by Russia. Maybe he didn't even exist in the first place. Like, I'm just so tired of how willfully we're taking all this at face value. And I've said that a lot today. It's becoming frustrating. But what it says down here, and by the way, to be very clear, I'm in no way trying to diminish the sad, unfortunate nature of a kid this young, because that's the point, dying in a war he did not understand, because I promise you, he did not understand what he was fighting for, just like in the U.S. government, they don't understand what they're fighting for. But here's what it says, way down here, this person, Cancel, Joseph Cancel, a former U.S. Marine, was 22 years old, but was a former Marine, right? working for a private military contractor when he was sent by his company to fight in Ukraine, his mother, Rebecca, said. Okay, so a 22-year-old who apparently was a former Marine, already working for a military contractor, was sent to Ukraine. This doesn't sound like anything else we're hearing. Like, guys, this is the new warfare kind of manipulation. I'm of the mind that we're now sending contractors at the behest of the U.S. government and framing that as not our decision, right? Like, let's not forget, as we keep showing you, that shady co- contractors are already in Ukraine. We've shown you this. This is March 19th. DynCorp, Blackwater, they're the ones in control, in my opinion, at the behest of the U.S. government. And that's the CIA. That's what this is. Academy, led by this individual, these are nothing but intelligence contractors, guys. So the bottom line is, when a 22-year-old who, I mean, barely could be outside of working, I mean, I shouldn't say that. You could, you know, serve for two years and be technically a... I just don't know why even then you call them a, I don't, I, I don't even know too many Marines that call themselves former Marines, right? They serve two years and they're no longer active, but they're not former Marines. I just think it's very strange the way they want to frame this as if he's not there. I think the point is he's not there at the behest of the U.S. government. Yeah, he really is though, because who sent the contracting company? Who hired the contracting company? Who's bringing them there? You know this is a simple overstep. They are sidestepping the reality that the U.S. government is deploying people to Ukraine. That's happening. 
And he's 22 years old, guys. It grosses me out. Anyway. Finally, last couple points before a couple points for COVID-19. Here's a video someone sent me. I haven't honestly haven't even gone through it entirely. I just want to make a quick point, and I, I plan on looking at these later because this guy claims to have done a debunking video about how the Azov move, uh, you know, battalion, same idea. It's not even remotely what they say it is, and it disbanded in 2016, and it went away, and it's like you're complete, and you just take 30 seconds to look in that other video, and you find that all they're doing is regurgitating what the government source material says. Oh, shocking. That stuff's, to take that stuff at face value is child level. Like really, but they, they believe that's what they're either they're paid to do that, or they believe the smart thing to do is blindly trust what authorities tell them. He probably believes it's safe and effective too, guys. The bottom line is it's obvious that movement is immersed and plenty of people on all sides of this narrative that just aren't tapped into the two-party illusion are telling you that people like Scott Ritter, people like Colonel McGregor and people like, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of the other ones who aren't necessarily considered right, even though I don't think they're all, those are right entities that we'll tell you that historically speaking, that we can see this. I'm going to, by the way, I'm going to speak to Doug Valentine tomorrow specifically about this topic. And he'll tell you the same thing. And I would argue he's in a different camp in general. The bottom line is these people are very obviously being exposed. They are a movement that has immersed themselves in the entirety of the government. It doesn't mean that every single person in every position is one of them or like that, but they have control. And Ritter himself has told you that, but plenty of others have made this clear. My research has walked you through the documentation, even though corporate media is saying that's the case months ago. It's amazing how it's all changed and it doesn't exist anymore. But here's what he's saying today. Russia's Nazi problem is as bad as Ukraine's. Hmm. Well, that's kind of a weird step in the other direction. So now we're at, so you just made a video about how it's not that problem problematic. It's there, but it's not what you think it is. But then we go above, but now their problem is just as bad as the one we just said wasn't that bad. Hmm. That's interesting. Now, of course, the point is that what he's trying to say is that there's a problem there. Maybe not as bad as they want to make it out to be, but Russia's is just as bad. Okay. So the premise here is that Russia is incapable of denazifying Ukraine if they also have a, a Nazi problem in, in Russia, right? Okay, well, there's a plenty of things to break down there. How about the fact that just because they, if they do, and I do believe there's a presence there, have a Nazi problem in Russia, that it's therefore Putin's fault or Putin's allowance? Certainly could be, right? Spoon feeding people logic here, right? They're not you guys, obviously, but people like this guy. It could be, but you should sure as hell prove that. How about the fact that there might be CIA entities building those things or fomenting those things like they do in Syria or Afghanistan or Iraq or anywhere else they want to in Iran and China? Well, they're doing those things. You know that's happening. How about this? I think Russia's doing that here too in plenty of their own ways. They all do it. Okay, so that being acknowledged, is it not possible that the thing you're pointing at couldn't be, could just be there but not be at the fault of Russia? Now you see why, you, want, you know why I'm making that argument, guys? Because the point, the most important point of why this doesn't, this logical in, inconsistency in his reporting. So let's just argue, let's just theorize. So Russia, his argument, Russia just can't possibly denazify Ukraine because it allegedly has just a big of a problem, Nazi problem, whatever you want to frame it, right? So explain for me how the U.S. government right now can say, or I mean, for a decade, really, for this entire, for a while now, saying that our biggest threat is white supremacy. Neo-Nazis, Nazis, right? Same, it's the same problem they're trying to frame. Yet, at the same time, the American government is somehow capable, while having this big threat problem, of being the very entity claiming to fight the rise of global white supremacy. Okay, hmm. So somehow, in this magic world, the American government is 
capable of juggling both of those things simultaneously, right? So right there, that breaks the logic. That's not that's that's what a contradiction looks like. That's being logically inconsistent, intellectually dishonest, if you're doing it willfully. But or you could stand back and go, there is no building white supremacy problem. There are white supremacists, there are Nazis, neo-Nazis, and whatever else they exist. But there's not some overwhelming problem we need to rise up and stop. That that's a possibility is what I'm saying. So just to break down the logic, either if they have the same level of problem, and that's why it's impossible for Putin to be able to denazify a country that's threatening nuclear weapons and ethnically cleansing people on his border, while the U.S. government claims they've got the same problem, yet they're doing that exact same thing, and you support that with what they're doing in Ukraine. I mean, come on, guys, you just can't get more intellectually dishonest than that. You, they can't both exist simultaneously. If they're if if one cancels the other out, then the U.S. government, who has the same problem they claim, can't be capable of waging this war against them around the world. It's just ridiculous. I believe that there's neither a big building white supremacy problem in Russia or in the United States, because I just don't think that's what's actually building. I think that there's a presence there, and I do think they're being attempted to be radicalized by different entities. I believe what we're seeing in Ukraine is a bigger problem because that's the that's the Petri dish. The U.S. government is verifiably in control of this area since 2014. They've verifiably been building this fascist entity since at least 1948. I've proven that with CIA documents themselves discussing the building of this fascist entity for an agenda against the Soviet Union. It's right in plain black and white. So we know they've been doing this. So I think what's happening in Ukraine is an intentional building of this problem to be used against at one point Soviet Union and now the Russia. Now, we, you could even argue that Russia's doing the same thing inside of the United States, and maybe that's the, the, input, the premise for their whole problem. That's what they're building. But I would need proof, evidence at the very least, to argue that. Because you know what I have in spades on the other side of it? Evidence the CIA has done this. All I have on the other side is seemingly caught up in the tail end of the same CIA agenda. It's all about the Russian imperial movement arming the rise above movement, except, wait a minute, that falls apart with the smallest scrutiny. So if they needed to lie right there, I mean, why would they need to lie if that evidence is that, I mean, you know the point there, guys. It's intellectual dishonesty. And people like this guy, this video here, I, I don't know, I either don't see it or are being told not to see it. But simply put, it's obviously inaccurate if you break it down with the logic. Well, last point before we go into covid just make make this point clear. This this I saw this circulating, and apparently this is actually a, a real story. It will be years, according to Defense One, before Raytheon can build new Stinger missiles. And you know why they don't have enough? Because they sent them all to Ukraine. So especially for all the people on the for people that would support the military, let's say, broadly, blindly, in the two party paradigm, I'm discussing, who then also support we stand with Ukraine. Well, ask yourself, don't you worry about, like, this isn't my argument. I'm trying to argue from within the two-party paradigm. Aren't you worried about defending the country? Don't we need our own military to support ourselves? Right, think about that. So those people right now that would scream, we absolutely have to have the strongest military in the world are simultaneously willing to undermine your own defense to be able to arm another group over there. Why does that make sense to anybody? Now, my point is that I don't think we should be even, the, the bottom line is defense is one thing. What you're looking at is offense. They're building and I'm not, I'm not even just talking about Stinger missiles. I'm just talking about what they're building is almost always offensive. And they're stockpiling and stockpiling. And I mean, that's just about wartime, which, which drives more wartime. I mean, that's simple compounding reality. But in this case, based on what they're arguing, it seems like they're, being, they're undermining their own interests. 
The U.S. has been sending its stingers to Ukraine forces. It will be years before Raytheon Technologies can build new stinger shoulder-fired missiles due to dwindling supply. So doesn't that leave them woefully undersupplied in their mindset? Well, it would. So higher gas prices, more expensive food, not enough to defend ourselves, but let's just all dump it over there because Ukraine freedom, right? The U.S. has shipped stingers to Ukraine's military, which has used them to shoot down Russian aircraft. Right, they've even admitted that they gave them intelligence, which allowed them to shoot down hundreds of Russian soldiers. And whoever else might have been on the plane, because who cares, right? But there's only a finite supply, they say, as Raytheon has not made stinger missiles for the U.S. military in nearly two decades. In March, Ukraine said it needed 500 of them and Javelin anti-tank missiles per day. Per day. Yeah, $33 billion, you know, $7 million a month, $7 billion a month, 500 stinger missiles and 500 Javelin anti-tank missiles per day. Guys, I mean, this is this is why we're struggling. It has nothing to do with just Putin doing something in Ukraine. It's because you are dumping more money than you've ever seen fly out of your pocket right now into a war that they desperately need to maintain, to control. In recent weeks, Raytheon executives have met with Pentagon officials about the issues. Deputy Defense Secretary Kathleen Hicks met with Raytheon earlier this month, part of a broader Pentagon effort to replenish American weapons stockpiles. Right, so these are the merchants of death and their obscene profits during any kind of wartime. So let's not pretend like they wouldn't lobby and make sure this continues. And it never has stopped. Endless war. We are in the forever wars still. We just jumped into the next one and we're pretending to stop forever wars. We're actively trying to re- to resource some of the materials. Oh, and you know what they need is materials that they don't have. Materials that they usually get from places like China and, you know, these rare earth minerals that they've actively undermined their ability to get because they're attacking other interests of the people they need them from. That's why they go after Venezuela and Bolivia and different places they can just rob them from because that's what good democracies do, you know. But it says the CEO, the CEO said he does not expect the Pentagon to place large replenishment orders for stingers until 2023, 2024. So who cares? Let's just hurt our own interests because Ukraine, you know. House passes a bill on top of all of that to revive Here's $33 billion, then we're going to pass a bill to revive World War II-era lease, Lend-Lease Program. So we're going to give you $33 billion, just money, do it here. Let's pretend like we're going to make sure we know what you're doing with that, and then give you free stuff, because that's what this is. Should have just gone to the anti-war. House passes bill to revive the World War II-era Lend-Lease Program. On Thursday, the House overwhelmingly approved a bill, the House, that would revive the World War II-era Lend-Lease program for Ukraine in another effort to pour weapons into the country. The Lend-Lease program was used to ship arms to the Soviet Union, China, the UK, and other U.S. allies during World War II. The bill passed through the Senate earlier this month and is now headed to the president's desk. So now it's passed and he just has to sign it. So you know what's going to happen. If signed into law, the Lease-Lend program would ramp up arms shipments to Kiev by allowing the U.S. to give weapons to Ukraine free of charge while technically requiring payment at a later date, assuming they're capable of doing that. Right. So now not only are you giving them $33 billion, undermining everything that's of interest to you as an American, but you're also taking on the chin for something else they might have to pay back later. So we're just now we're even going into debt for Ukraine. I mean, good God, guys, this is unbelievably counter to your interests. And then guess what? As if we didn't already see this coming. Here's Pelosi standing up, endorsing a strategy to literally combine Ukraine and COVID-19 aid. (laughs) Because that's not the same thing at all. It's almost like they're just different parts of the same agenda. Go back to sleep. Oh, my God. That's not a joke combining the aid because let's just dump a big so 33 billion and then plus whatever we're going to give for covid aid today tomorrow next week whatever 
unbelievable. Now, you've seen this. We just discussed this in a recent show. This is unbelievable to me because of how obvious this is. And just like the brain disease, I mean, let me just search for that real quickly because that was sadly funny. Mystery brain disease. See, here's the Guardian too, doing the same thing. Mystery brain disease baffles Canadian doctors, right? And they're still standing like, we don't know. It's everywhere. Brain disease all over the world. Except for the fact that you ought, you literally have, uh, which one was it? Oh, shoot. Uh, I'm blanking on the name they use for those, for the ALS and shoot. Oh, well. I forget the study, but the, the, the one of the main studies we've showed many times, it was way back in the beginning. They discussed this exact thing. ALS. Alzheimer's, all of these are very clearly potential side effects of the injection. That was a peer-reviewed study from way back in the beginning. And yet now we're baffled of how this exact same thing seems to be popping up in places. But we don't want to see the vaccine. La, 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 la. That's not possible. Stomp your feet, plug your ears. We're not going to look at it because we know that's not possible. Despite the peer-reviewed science, right? Because trust the science. This is how stupid this is. Global mystery hepatitis outbreak spreads to Asia and Canada. Guys, I haven't even seen a country that has not seen like a, this is almost like an outbreak right now. It's outrageous. And the point is that we've already talked about this. Study confirms jab-induced hepatitis. Here's the study right here. This is a brand new, this is April 20th, peer-reviewed Journal of Hepatology. SARS-CoV-2 vaccination can elicit CD8 T-cell dominant hepatitis. Not maybe, not possibly. It says COVID-19 vaccination under conclusions can elicit a distinct T-cell dominant immune-mediated hepatitis. This is unequivocal. 100% can do that. Let's, let's even give it to them and say, it's super, super rare, and put it in the gigantic pile of super, super rare side effects, which have long since been super rare when they combine. Okay? But it's not super rare, though. But even giving them that. Couldn't we go, well, gee, maybe that's part of it. No, we'll never talk about it. We'll never, it'll be forever baffled. Experts are baffled about the thing we admit the vaccine can cause, but we won't talk about that. It should make you sick. These people are disgusting. They're either sycophants or they're willfully ignorant. And they're hurting people. They're watching this happen in real time. And this is what's happening. As Joseph points out, 22.1% increase in deaths in, in Australia just January 2022, compared with a historical average. Might not be safe, but it sure is effective. It's disgusting. Now, yeah, you know what? We could be honest and point out, like they'll never do in the corporate media, that there could be another cause for that. It could be, there's a correlation. Cause could be something else, but you know what we should do? Prove that. You know what they'll never do? Prove that. Because they'll never look into it because you know what they'll find? That this is hurting people. They already know that, guys. They are running desperately from what they know is happening. That's my opinion. Look this up for yourself. It's This is directly from their own information. And he cites this World Economist Forum, like a play on communism or e-communist forum. So it's not the real account. Iceland experienced a safe and effective 30% jump in excess mortality. Being facetious, but it's it, this is the... Re oh, pr thank you. Prion, thank you for that. Hold on one sec. Where did I... Where was I talking about that? Right here. That'll get it for me. I'm pretty sure. There it is. I even have it saved in the Wayback Machine because they deleted this. Centered it. Here it is. Thank you for who said that. Sarah, I appreciate that. Here, just what I was saying a moment ago. Here's the study I'll include. Microbiology and infectious diseases. COVID-19, RNA-based vaccines, and the risk of prion disease. And this is the main part. No, it won't zoom in for me for some reason. 
Damn it. It's weird. One second. Not that I need to zoom in, but pff, that's frustrating. Why is this just stuff? Stuff just doesn't work for me these days. <laughs> Everything doesn't work. Okay. This interaction has the potential to increase. Let's see. It says right here. Known to cause ALS, front temporal labor degeneration, Alzheimer's disease, and other neurological degenerative diseases. These are all brain disorders, right? God, it drives me crazy. I don't know why that won't zoom in. I don't know why the stuff like that bothers me. But so when we have examples of stuff like that, and yet they still go, we're baffled. Experts are baffled. It's such a, it's, it, it should just insult you. It should insult your intelligence. They're pretending that this is what's happening. But Iceland, Australia, Scotland, UK, Ontario, Alberta, all of them with their real data are revealing the truth. They're all running from desperately. My, and my point here is this is how they're doing it. I'll show you the, I'll show you the actual breakdown next in where was it? Oh, a tweet coming up in a second, but it's just this is the point that we're going to make. This is the last point. As I said, and this is a good one-stop shop to make to wake people up to this illusion. Right now, this is their headline. 87% of children hospitalized during Omicron surge unvaccinated. No, that's not true. That's a blatant they know they're lying to you about that. They're now claiming 87% of kids hospitalized during Omicron were unvaccinated. Except the CDC study shows they lump together not just single shots, but anybody partially injected. That means th- up to three shots and under 14 days with unvaxxed. That's not a joke. Anyone less than three shots in 14 days after is now unvaccinated. We've been telling you this from the very beginning. I mean, at least some of them play the whole partially vaccinated scam. And that's still, I'll show you in Ontario again. But this is blatant, guys. It, the image is right here, but let me show you the actual study. Again, right there. Analysis based on the vaccination status are biased toward the null because partially, partially vaccinated children were grouped with unvaccinated. And it, look at look into this whole study for yourself. Partially means anybody with less than three shots and after the period where they're supposed to have the third shot, which is three shots in 14 days. Anything under that is partially vaccinated, which they're telling you is lumped into children with unvaccinated. Guys, that's a willful deception. That's 90% of everything that's happening. They know that. Alberta study proved that. In fact, the first 21 days is where almost 80 plus percent of anything that happens is happening within the first 21 days after a shot. They dump everything back into unvaccinated. Then it finally says primary reason for admission was not even clear. So again, you could go in with a broken leg, get a PCR test, not even get sick, leave. That goes down as a child hospitalization, which is amazing that we have to keep revisiting this because Newsweek way back in 2021 May 2021, already exposed this. Studies suggest the hospitals were numbers were inflated. And this says right here, have been inflated by at least 40%. And yet, six months, seven months, rather, almost a year, exactly, exactly a year later, they come right back to it. They come right back to the argument about the children hospitalized right there. Even though we know it's already been shown to be a manipulation because look, they're inflating the numbers by putting people in there. This is exactly what I'm telling you, that they used people that didn't actually have COVID or they got a PCR test. It's amazing that it can come out and they just push it out again. That's why I tell you we're going to see these things pushed out again. Tomorrow, a week from now, you're going to say the same thing. Masks, new study shows, masks work. I promise you you're going to see more of that. Just to keep the narrative moving. Now here is what you're seeing even on the news the so-called news. This says Alberta transmissions may be slowing, but hospitals are still overwhelmed. 
I mean, I don't know how much more transparent this needs to get. Alberta's not just slowing, it's damn near bottomed out, like most everywhere else. And yet they're still overwhelmed? Anybody want to make sense of that for me? Of course, it's the unvaccinated, but that's not even true, though. I can prove to you that's not true by showing you Alberta, by showing you Ontario. That's what I keep showing you. There it is again. Over 75% of people in the ICU, critical care, meaning they're in the emergency room, not with a broken leg, in the PCR test, but people that are in there because they can't breathe, because they are dying. Whatever reason, whatever rationalizes the ICU, and this is just COVID stuff, guys. So these people are there because they're so sick that they have to go to the emergency room, and more than 75% of them are people with injections. And then even the unvaccinated cases, they're lying to you because they include people with some injections. It says it right there. Symptoms starting between zero and 14 or one shot in 14 days, two shot. Yep. They're lying to you even then. So that means that even this number is way less than what they're showing you. It's probably 90% of the ICU. I'm not going to guess, though. Even with their lie, we can see it's over 75%, and it's been like this every single day for months. And yet we're going to pretend like this is not a pandemic of the injected? That's what's happening, guys. Now, here's Kara pointing out. She pulled data from Indiana's COVID dashboard. Check it for yourself. And crunched a few numbers. Exact figures are in comments below. This is backing up exactly what you're going to see anywhere that gives you enough data to make this breakdown. That's why Scotland, the UK, the CDC, they're all hiding this from you. And they're openly making up an excuse for why they're just not going to show you anymore. Here's what it finds. How much you want to bet they do the same thing. Exact figures in the comments. The state's official numbers. The hospital mortality rate from COVID for unvaxxed versus vaxxed by age. 40 to 49. 6% versus 16%. This is mortality rate. So that means unvaxxed, 6%. Vaxxed, 16%. We're not talking about je- the, the idea, well, you know, the way, how do they keep framing this? Where they go, it'll reduce your hospitalization, your death, and, you know, of course we're going to see more cases. That does not mean that. You have a 16% mortality rate in a general sense if you're injected, compared to 6 in a general sense if you've got nothing. This is why they're hiding it from you, because there's simply no denying this anymore. 50 to 59, 8% unvaxxed, 35% vaxxed. This is exactly what the UK was showing you before they tried to hide it from you. 60 to 69, 13 unvaxxed, 43% vaxxed. 70 to 79, 19% unvaxxed, 57% vaxxed. 80% plus, 41% unvaxxed, 101% vaxxed. That be, these people are just dying absolute. People that are over 80 in this state who get COVID are dying for sure. And they are injected, guys. Think about what that tells you. Now she says, no, that last one is not a typo. Hospital mortality rate for unvaxxed, 40 to 49. It's basically 6% for only unvaxxed. 50 to 59, 8%. 60 to 69, 13%. 70 to 79, 19%. 80 plus, 41%. Okay, but now for vaxxed. Compared with those, it's 40 to 49, 16%, 50 to 59, 35%, 60 to 69, 43%, 70 to 79, 50 to 7%, and again, 80 plus, 101%. So if they get sick, they're guaranteed to go to the hospital. If they get sick, they're guaranteed to die. There's no way that makes, uh, and think about that contrasts me with what I hear Biden saying in my head. You're going to get the vaccine. You're not going to go to the hospital. You're not going to die. Well, yeah, clearly in this state, you 100% are. 
Only two things can be true. Either the state is suppressing vaccinated hospitalization numbers or has mislabeled vaccinated patients as unvaccinated, or the vaccine has resulted in over double the hospital mortality rate in COVID patients. See, she's being objective. She's even willing to say, you sure? Maybe they're wrong. Maybe they mixed something up. The bottom line is this is crazy. And when this came out, nobody stood up and screamed. They're just hoping you don't look at it. Reminder, this is hospital mortality rate, not case or infection rate. Adding even more concern to the official data, Indiana shows 88 children ages 0 to 4 with breakthrough cases. How? They aren't eligible to receive vaccines. So they can't be fully vaccinated. Think about how stupid that is. 88 children apparently with breakthrough cases, yet aren't even able to get the vaccine. So how can it be a breakthrough case if they have no injection? Guys, they are mixing and lying to you about everything under the sun right now. They're trying to lie their way out of this out of this hole. I just don't know how it can be any more clear. And I included this because this is when I last talked about the UK data when they actually showed it to you. March 25th, UK data reveals the jab is attacking the vax. COVID jab impairs the immune system, spike in the blood. Now, finally, even with all that stuff, in addition to everything else we reported, guess what? Hamilton will now move ahead with plans to terminate unvaccinated employees. Yep, for all those people, usually the ones that were lost in the narrative in the first place, who pretended like this was over. I, funny enough, I was in the line in line at Walgreens, and I heard the woman say, "Back, back it, back during COVID." <laughs> I just laughed. I'm like, "Good God!" Like they just they're just they're hooked into the new thing. They're Ukraine. It's all Ukraine. There's no COVID. It doesn't exist anymore. I got my vaccine. So did everybody else. No more masks. We all won, right? And they're just tapped in. What are you back in COVID? I mean, really? Like. Their this narrative, this agenda has never even slowed down. In fact, it sped up. They just slowed the narrative, guys. As Carolyn points out, never in Canada would I have believed people could be forced to take a medical intervention. In medical school, she was taught informed consent is sacred. Exactly, and they don't care about informed consent. They didn't in day, from day one. That means they never did. Because that, site, that study came out in December 2020 saying, we're not meeting informed consent because of antibody-dependent enhancement. And nobody did anything different, right? I'll include it since I mentioned it. This was published on December 4th, 2020. And the very clear finding was that the specific and significant risk of of antibody-dependent enhancement, should you get COVID after the injection, have been and should, should have been and should be prominently independently disclosed to the subjects who are taking it in trials and so on in order to meet informed consent. Nothing happened. Peer-reviewed, everything else, nobody cares. So that means they're still not meeting informed consent. They know that. They don't care. It's all an illusion, guys. And here's the one I already showed you. No jab, no job. Dan Andrews in Australia, due to stand down thousands of teachers. I, I actually should have followed up. I'm not sure if he did or not. This was actually supposed to happen as of the 27th, just because they didn't get their third shot, because this was always the way it was going to go. Next, it'll be the fourth one. As long as if you keep playing the game, they're going to be able to, they're the ones moving your pieces. Let's put it that way. Oh, by the way, though, as they're forcing you to leave your job or get this dangerous injection, hundreds of CDC employees still haven't been forced to take the shot. I'm not arguing they should be. I'm arguing that it's dangerous that this, nobody should be forced, anybody, anywhere. But how insulting it is that you can have positions of people in the government, like we've already made examples of this in other government situations, but the CDC specifically, who are making the rulings that you have to do this or that it's okay that you can be forced or it's okay that you can force your employees and they haven't even done it to their own? Time to see how we're being played.
in every possible way. Guys, thank you for being here today. Ran a little long, but I'm happy with the show today. Thank you for tuning in. I think it's so important that we keep fighting for everything we're doing because no matter how bad it gets and no matter how much it feels like we're getting worse and worse, that's usually a sign that it's getting better. I know it's hard to wrap your mind around, but they're not going to stop. They're going to get even more intense the more that we expose what they are. So try to find some solace in that, in the, in the, in the people around you, in your community, because you are making a difference. They sure as hell know that. So hopefully you do. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. What if the experts are wrong? What if quarantining the healthy doesn't actually save lives? What if wearing a mask in public is not effective? If you do not have a mask, you cannot ride public transportation, sir. My name is Dr. Jeff Barkey, and I'm here representing thousands of physicians across the country whose voices are being silenced because we don't agree with the mainstream media and the experts who are telling us what to do. Everything I've seen in the last nine days, all the things that just don't make sense, the patients I'm seeing in front of me, the lungs I'm trying to improve, have led me to believe that COVID-19 is not this disease and that we are operating under a medical paradigm that is untrue. Never in the history of this great republic have we quarantined the healthy. Never in the history of this great republic have we told churchgoers that it's illegal for you to exercise your First Amendment right to freedom of religion. Never in the history of this country have we been told that you can't go to church because it's not essential, but you can go get an abortion because that's essential. Never before in our country have we let criminals out of jail, but we've told you you can't exercise your Second Amendment right and protect yourself by purchasing a firearm. When liquor stores are deemed essential, but your businesses are deemed non-essential, there's something wrong going on. We cut off people's utilities this week and made them pay what could have been their last check to us to turn their lights on in a global health pandemic. But you don't care about that. You didn't want to meet. This booklet, the Declaration of Independence in our U.S. Constitution, was never designed to restrain the people. It was designed to restrain the government. We're realizing that the fatality rate of this virus is in the ballpark of a bad seasonal influenza. Do not let your voices be silenced. We will see eventually that this government-imposed cure is going to be worse than the virus itself. Stop! Stop! Help! Stop!
Hell, man, this shit ain't right, bro. This ain't right. But what's happening now is unemployment reaches 20 to 30 million people is those folks are now becoming dependent on the government. And what government dependency causes is a larger, more tyrannical government. We the people want to put our government back in its place. We want a small representative government, not a large tyrannical government. I'm here representing thousands of physicians around the country whose voices must be heard. We've never seen where we quarantine the healthy, where you take those without disease and without symptoms and lock them in your home. So you guys are asking me to leave the store for not wearing a mask when I have a medical condition, even though yours is pulled under your nose. A note that says I don't have to bring a note, and yours isn't even on. Just do whatever you want to do. It's America, right? Listen, I cannot wear a mask. Get out! Do not let your voices be silenced.